Good evening from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Kristen Welker of NBC News, and I welcome you to the final 2020 presidential debate between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Tonight's debate is sponsored by the Commission on Presidential Debates. It is conducted under health and safety protocols designed by the Commission's health security advisor. The audience here in the hall has promised to remain silent. No cheers, boos, or other interruptions, except right now, as we welcome to the stage former Vice President Joe Biden and President Donald J. Trump. And I do want to say a very good evening to both of you. This debate will cover six major topics. At the beginning of each section, each candidate will have two minutes uninterrupted to answer my first question. The debate commission will then turn on their microphone only when it is their turn to answer. And the commission will turn it off exactly when the two minutes have expired. After that, both microphones will remain on. But on behalf of the voters, I'm going to ask you to please speak one at a time. The goal is for you to hear each other and for the American people to hear every word of what you both have to say. And so with that, if you're ready, let's start. And we will begin with the fight against the coronavirus. President Trump, the first question is for you. The country is heading into a dangerous new phase. More than 40,000 Americans are in the hospital tonight with COVID, including record numbers here in Tennessee. And since the two of you last shared a stage, 16,000 Americans have died from COVID. So please be specific. How would you lead the country during this next stage of the coronavirus crisis? Two minutes uninterrupted. So as you know, 2.2 million people modeled out were expected to die. We closed up the greatest economy in the world in order to fight this horrible disease that came from China. It's a worldwide pandemic. It's all over the world. You see the spikes in Europe and many other places right now. Uh, if you notice, the mortality rate is down 85 percent. Uh, the excess mortality rate is way down and much lower than almost any other country. And we're fighting it, and we're fighting it hard. There is a spike. There was a spike in Florida, and it's now gone. There was a very big spike in Texas. It's now gone. There was a very big spike in Arizona. It's now gone. And there are some spikes and surges in other places. They will soon be gone. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks, and it's going to be delivered. We have uh, Operation Warp Speed, which is the military is going to distribute the vaccine. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, I was in the hospital. I had it. And I got better. And I will tell you that uh, I had something that they gave me a therapeutic, I guess they would call it. Some people could say it was a cure. But uh, I was in for a short period of time, and I got better very fast, or I wouldn't be here tonight. And now they say I'm immune. Whether it's four months or a lifetime, nobody's been able to say that, but I'm immune. Uh, more and more people are uh, getting better. We have uh, a problem that's a worldwide problem. This is a worldwide problem. But I've been congratulated by the heads of many countries on what we've been able to do. Uh, with the, if you, if you take a look at what we've done in terms of goggles and masks and gowns and everything else, and in particular ventilators, we're now making ventilators all over the world, thousands and thousands a month. 
distributing them all over the world. It will go away. And as I say, we're rounding the turn. We're rounding the corner. It's going away. Okay. Former Vice President Biden, to you, how would you lead the country out of this crisis? You have two minutes uninterrupted. 220,000 Americans dead. You hear nothing else I say tonight. Hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as President of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are a thousand deaths a day now, a thousand deaths a day, and there are over 70,000 new cases per day. Compared to what's going on in Europe, as the New England Medical Journal said, they're starting from a very low rate. We're starting from a very high rate. The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead between now and the end of the year. If we just wore these masks, the President's own advisors have told him, we could save 100,000 lives. And we're in a circumstance where the President thus far and still has no plan, no comprehensive plan. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. I would make sure we move in the direction of rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe and give them the wherewithal, the financial resources to be able to do that. We're in a situation now where the New England Medical Journal, one of the serious, most serious journals in the, in the whole world, said for the first time ever that this, the way this president has responded to this crisis has been absolutely tragic. And so, folks, I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. President Trump, I'd like to follow up with you and your comments. You talked about taking a therapeutic. I assume you're referencing Regeneron. You also said a vaccine will be coming within weeks. Yes. Is that a guarantee? Is, no, it's not is, a guarantee, but it will be by the end of the year. But I think it has a good chance. There are two companies, I think, within a matter of weeks, and it will be distributed very quickly. Can you tell us which companies? Uh, Johnson & Johnson is doing very well. Moderna is doing very well. Pfizer is doing very well. And we have numerous others. Then we also have others that we're working on very closely with other countries, in particular Europe. Let me follow up with you, and because this is new information, you have said a vaccine is coming soon within weeks now. Your own officials say it could take well into 2021 at the earliest for enough Americans to get vaccinated. And even then, they say the country will be wearing masks and distancing into 2022. Is your timeline realistic? No, I think my timeline is going to be more accurate. I don't know that they're counting on the military the way I do, but we have our generals lined up, one in particular that's the head of logistics. And this is a very easy distribution for him. He's ready to go as soon as we have the vaccine. And we expect to have 100 million vials. As soon as we have the vaccine, he's ready to go. Vice President Biden, your reaction, and just 40% of Americans say they would definitely agree to take a coronavirus vaccine if it was approved by the government. What steps would you take to give Americans confidence in a vaccine if it were approved? Make sure it's totally transparent. Have the scientists of the world see it, know it, look at it. Go through all the processes. And by the way, he's, this is the same fellow who told you this is going to end by Easter last time. This is the same fellow who told you that, don't worry, we're going to end this by the summer. We're about to go into a dark winter, a dark winter. And he has no clear plan, and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year. 
President Trump, your reaction, he says you have no plan. I don't think we're going to have a dark winter and at all. We're opening up our country. We've learned and studied and understand the disease, which we didn't at the beginning. When I closed and banned China from coming in heavily infected, and then ultimately Europe, but China was in January. Months later, he was saying I was xenophobic. I did it too soon. Now he's saying, oh, I should have, uh, I should have you know, moved quicker. But he didn't move quicker. He was months behind me, many months behind me. And frankly, he ran the H1N1 swine flu, and it was a total disaster, far less lethal, but it was a total disaster. Had that had this kind of numbers, 700,000 people would be dead right now, but it was a far less lethal disease. Uh, look, his own person who ran that for him, who, as you know, was his uh, chief of staff, said it was catastrophic, it was horrible, we didn't know what we were doing. Now he comes up and he tells us how to do this. Also, everything that he said about the way every single move that he said we should make, that's what we've done. We've done all of it. But he was way behind us. Vice President Biden, your response. My response is he is xenophobic, but not because he shut down access from China. And he did it late after 40 countries had already done that. In addition to that, what he did, he made sure that we had 44 people that were in there in China trying to get to Wuhan to determine what exactly the source was. What did the president say in January? He said, no, he said, this is, he's being transparent. The president of China is being transparent. We owe him a debt of gratitude. We, ought to, we have to thank him. And, and then what happened was, we started talking about using the Defense Act to make sure we go out and get whatever is needed out there to protect people. And again, I go back to this. He had nothing, he did virtually nothing. And then he gets out of the hospital and he talks about, we're, this is, don't worry, it's all gonna be over soon. Come on. There's not another serious scientist in the world who thinks it's going to be over soon. President Trump, your reaction? I say over soon. I say we're learning to live with it. We have no choice. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the, <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know. He's obviously made a lot of money someplace, but he has this thing about living in a basement. People can't do that. By the way, I, as the president, couldn't do that. I'd love to put myself in the basement or in a beautiful room in the White House and go away for a year and a half until it disappears. I can't do that. And Kirsten, every, t every meeting I had, every meeting I had, and I'd meet a lot of families, including Gold Star families and military families, every meeting I had, and I had to meet them. I had to. It would be horrible to have canceled everything. I said, you know, this is dangerous. And you catch it. And you know, I caught it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Great doctors, great hospitals. And now I recovered. 99.9 of young people recover. 99% of people recover. We have to recover. We can't close up our nation. We have to open our school, and we can't close up our nation, or you're not going to have a nation. And of course, the CDC has said young people can get sick with COVID-19 and can pass it. Vice President Biden, I want to talk broadly about strategy, though. You can have I respond to that? 30 seconds, please, and then seconds. I have a question. No, number one, he says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. That man or wife going to bed tonight and reaching over to try to touch their out of habit where their wife or husband was is gone. Learning to live with it. Come on. We're dying with it because he has never said, he said, you said it's dangerous. When's the last time? Is it really dangerous still? Are we dangerous? You tell the people it's dangerous now? What should they do about the danger? And you say, 
I take no responsibility. Let me talk about your two. Excuse me, I take, very full, I take full responsibility. It's not my fault that he came here. It's China's fault. And you know what? It's not Joe's fault that he came here either. It's China's fault. They kept it from going into the rest of China for the most part, but they didn't keep it from coming out to the world, including Europe and ourselves. Vice President Biden. The fact is that when we knew it was coming, when it hit, what happened? What did the president say? He said, don't worry, it's gonna go away. Be gone by Easter, don't worry, the warm weather. Don't worry, maybe inject bleach. He said he was kidding when he said that, but a lot of people thought it was serious. A whole range of things the president has said. Even today, he thinks we are in control. We're about to lose 200,000 more people. President Trump. Look, perhaps just to finish this, I was kidding on that, but just to finish this, when I closed, he said I shouldn't have closed. And that went on for months. What Nancy Pelosi said the same thing. She was dancing on the streets in Chinatown in San Francisco. But when I closed, he said, this is a terrible thing, you xenophobic. I think he called me racist, even, and because I was closing it to China. Now he says I should have closed it earlier. It just, Joe, it doesn't work. I didn't say either of those things. You certainly did. You certainly did. I okay. talked about a xenophobia in a different context. It wasn't about closing the border to Chinese coming to the United States. All right, I want to talk about both of your different strategies to handle. this. He thought this. I shouldn't have closed the border. Well, let's... That's obvious. Is that... Do you want to respond to that quickly, Vice President no. Biden? Okay. Let's talk about your different strategies toward dealing with this. Mr. Vice President, you suggested you would support new shutdowns if scientists recommended it. What do you say to Americans who are fearful that the cost of shutdowns, the impact on the economy, the higher rates of hunger, depression, domestic and substance abuse outweighs the risk of exposure to the virus? What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. It's his ineptitude that caused the, virus, caused the country to have to shut down in large part. Why businesses have gone under, why schools are closed, why so many people have lost their living, and why they're concerned. Those other concerns are real. That's why he should have been, instead of in a sand trap in his golf course, he should have been negotiating with Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats and Republicans about what to do about the acts they were passing for billions of dollars to make sure people had the capacity. But you haven't ruled out more shutdowns. Well, no, I, I'm not shutting down the name, but there are, look, you need standard. The standard is if you have a reproduction rate in a community that's above a certain level, everybody says, slow up, more social distancing, do not open bars and do not open gymnasiums, do not open until you get this under control, under more control. But when you do open, give the people the capacity to be able to open and have the capacity to do it safely. For example, schools. Schools, they need a lot of money to open. They need to deal with ventilation systems. They need to deal with smaller classes, more teachers, more pods. And he's refused to support that money, or at least up to now. Let's talk about schools. President well, Trump, I, I think you... we have to respond, if I might. Please, and then I have a follow-up. Thank you, and I appreciate that. Look, all he does is talk about shutdowns, but forget about him. His Democrat governors, Cuomo in New York, you look at what's going on in California, you look at Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Democrats, Democrats all, they're shut down so tight and they're dying. They're dying. And he supports all these people. All he talks about is shutdowns. No, we're not going to shut down and we have to open our schools. And it's like, as an example, I have a young son. He also tested positive. By the time I spoke to the doctor the second time, he was fine. It just went away. Young people, 
I guess it's their immune system. Let me follow up with you, President Trump. You've demanded schools open in person and insist they can do it safely. But just yesterday, Boston became the latest city to move its public school system entirely online after a coronavirus spike. What is your message to parents who worry that sending their children to school will endanger not only their kids, but also their teachers and okay. families? I want to open the schools. Uh, the transmittal rate to the teachers is uh, very small but I want to open the schools. We have to open our country. We're not going to have a country. You can't do this. We can't keep this country closed. This is a massive country with a massive economy. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. There's abuse, tremendous abuse. We have to open our country. You know, I've said it often. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. Vice and that's what's happening. And he wants to close down. He'll close down the country if one person in our in our massive bureaucracy says we should close it down. Vice President Biden, your Simply response. Simply not true. We ought to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We ought to be able to safely open, but would they need resources to open? You need to be able to, for example, if you're going to open a business, have social distancing within the business. You need to have, if you have a restaurant, you need to have plexiglass dividers so people cannot infect one another. You need to be in a position where you can take testing rapidly and know whether a person is, in fact, infected. You need to be able to trace. You need to be able to provide the, all the resources that are needed to do this. And that is not inconsistent with saying that what we're going to make sure that we open safely. And by the way, all you teachers out there, not that many of you are going to die, so don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Come on. President Trump, let me follow up with you quickly. By the way, um, I will say this. If you go and look at what's happened to New York, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. And when you talk about plexiglass, these are restaurants that are dying. These are businesses with no money. Putting up plexiglass is unbelievably expensive, and it's not the answer. I mean, you're going to sit there in a cubicle wrapped around with plastic. It's These are businesses that are dying, Joe. You can't do that to people. You what just you can't. Take a look at New York and what's happened to my wonderful city for, for so many years. I loved it. It was vibrant. It's dying. Everyone's leaving New York. Take a look Vice at President what New Biden. York has done in terms of turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. They're the states in the upper Midwest. That's where the spike is occurring significantly. But they're all Americans. They're all Americans. And what we have to do is say, wear these masks, number one, make sure we get the help that the businesses need that has money's already been passed to do that. It's been out there since the beginning of the summer, and nothing's happened. President, New York has lost more than 40,000 people, 11,000 people in nursing homes. President Trump, what when about— When you say spike, take a look at what's happening in Pennsylvania, where they've had it closed. Take a look at what's happening with your friend in Michigan, where her husband's the only one allowed to do anything. It's been like a prison. Now it was just ruled unconstitutional. Take a look at North Carolina. They're having spikes, and they've been closed and they're getting killed financially. We can't let that happen, Joe. You can't let that happen. We have to open up 
And we understand the disease. We have to protect our seniors. We have to protect our elderly. We have to protect especially our seniors with heart problems and diabetes problems. And we will protect them. We have the best testing in the world by far. That's why we have so many cases. Let me follow That's up with you challenge. before we move on to our next section. President Trump, this week you called Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's best-known infectious disease expert, quote, a disaster. You described him and other medical experts as, quote, idiots. If you're not listening to them, who are you listening to let, as you let me, fight this? I'm listening to all of them, including Anthony. I get along very well with Anthony. But he did say, don't wear masks. He did say, as you know, this is not going to be a problem. Uh, I think he's a Democrat, but that's okay. He said, this is not going to be a problem. We are not going to have a problem at all. When Joe says that I said, Anthony Fauci said, and others, and many others, and I'm not knocking him a lot. Nobody knew. Look, nobody knew what this thing was. Nobody knew where it was coming from, what it was. We've learned a lot. But Anthony said, don't wear masks. Now he wants to wear masks. Anthony also said, if you look back, exact words. Here's his exact words. This is no problem. This is going to go away soon. So he's allowed to make mistakes. He happens to be a good person. Vice President right. Biden, your response quickly, and then we're going to move on to the next section. My response is that think about what the president knew in January and didn't tell the American people. He was told this was a serious virus that spread in the air, and it was much worse than, much worse than the flu. He went on record and said to one of your colleagues, recorded, that in fact he knew how dangerous it was, but he didn't want to tell us. He didn't want to tell us because he didn't want us to panic. He didn't want us. Americans don't panic. He panicked. But guess what? In the meantime, we find out in the New York Times the other day that, in fact, his folks went to Wall Street and said this is a really dangerous thing. And a memo out of that meeting, not from his administration, but from some of the brokers, said sell short because we've got to get moving. It's a dangerous problem. Well, this is I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond, and then we're the going to move one, on. I don't know. Somebody went to Wall Street. You're the one that takes all the money from Wall Street. I don't take it. Joe, I have. You, you have raised a lot of money, tremendous amounts of money. And every time you raise money, deals are made, Joe. I could raise so much more money as president and as somebody that knows most of those people. I could call the heads of Wall Street, the heads of every company in America. I would blow away every record, but I don't want to do that because it puts me in a bad position. And then you bring up Wall Street. You shouldn't be bringing up Wall Street because you're the one that takes the money from Wall Street, not me. I could, I could blow away your records that, like you wouldn't believe, we don't need money. We have plenty of money. In fact, we beat Hillary Clinton with a tiny fraction of the money that she was able to. All right, to gentlemen, we're going to move on. Don't tell me about Average we're contribution, $43. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is national security. And I do want to start with the security of our elections and some breaking news from overnight. Just last night, top intelligence officials confirmed again that both Russia and Iran are working to influence this election. Both countries have obtained U.S. voter registration information, these officials say, and Iran sent intimidating messages to Florida voters. This question goes to you, Mr. Vice President. What would you do to put an end to this threat? You have two minutes uninterrupted. I made it clear, and I ask everyone else to take the pledge, I made it clear that any country, no matter who it is, that interferes in American elections will pay a price. They will pay a price. It's been overwhelmingly clear this election, I won't even get into the last one, this election, that Russia has been involved, China has been involved to some degree, and now we learn that, that, uh, that uh, Iran is involved. They will pay a price if I'm elected. They're interfering with American sovereignty. That's what's going on right now. They're interfering with American sovereignty. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think the President said anything to Putin about it. 
I don't think he's stalking them a lot. I don't think he said a word. I don't know why he hadn't said a word to Putin about it. And I don't know what he has recently said, if anything, to the Iranians. My guess is he'd probably be more outspoken with regard to the Iranians. But the point is this, folks. We are in a situation where we have foreign company countries trying to interfere in the outcome of our election. His old, own national security advisor told him that what is happening with his buddy — well, I won't — I shouldn't — oh, I will. His buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian — that is not true. And then what happens? Nothing happens. And then you find out that everything that's going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next President of the United States because they know I know them, and they know me. I don't understand why this President is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, when he's engaged in activities that are trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it, but it's worth asking the question, why isn't that being done? Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. President Trump, same question to you. Let me, let me ask the yes. question. You're going to have two minutes yeah. to respond. For two elections in a row now, there has been substantial interference from foreign adversaries. What would you do in your next term to put an end to this? Two minutes uninterrupted. Well, let me respond to the first part, as Joe answered. Joe got $3.5 million from Russia, and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife. And you got $3.5 million. Your family got $3.5 million. And you know, someday you're going to have to explain why did you get three and a half. I never got any money from Russia. I don't get money from Russia. Now, about your thing last night, I knew all about that. And through John, who is John Retliff, who is fantastic, DNI, he said the one thing that's common to both of them, they both want you to lose because there has been nobody tougher to Russia with between the sanctions, nobody tougher than me on Russia. Between the sanctions, between all of what I've done with NATO, you know, I've got the NATO countries to put up an extra $130 billion, going to $420 billion a year. That's to guard against Russia. I sold, while he was selling pillows and sheets, I sold tank busters to Ukraine. There has been nobody tougher on Russia than Donald Trump. And I'll tell you, they were so bad, they took over the the submarine port, you remember that very well. During your term, during you and Barack Obama, they took over a big part of what should have been Ukraine. You handed it to them, but you were getting a lot of money from Russia. They were paying you a lot of money, and they probably still are. But now, with what came out today, it's even worse. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family, and, Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening, and it should have never happened. And I think you owe an explanation to the American people. Why is it somebody just had a news conference a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family, but what he said was damning. And regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. Vice President Biden, you may respond in 30 seconds. Here. And then I do I, want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. 
I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever, number one. Number two, this is a president. I have released all of my tax returns, 22 years. Go look at them, 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. And China's building a new road to a new ga a, a, a golf course you have overseas. So what's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? President Trump, your response. First of all, I called my accountants, underwrote it. I'm going to release them as soon as we can. I want to do it. And it'll show how successful, how great this company is. But much more importantly than that, people were saying $750. I asked them a week ago, I said, what did I pay? They said, sir, you prepaid tens of millions of dollars. I prepaid my tax. Tens over the last number of years. Tens of millions of dollars I prepaid. Because at some point they think it's an estimate. They think I may have to pay tax. So I already prepaid it. Nobody told me that. Did your accountant Nobody tell told you, you, you that. Excuse them? me. And it wasn't written whenever they write this. They keep talking about $750, which I think is a filing fee. But let me just tell you, I prepaid millions and millions of dollars in taxes. Number one. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know, maybe you're not, but you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. All right, gentlemen, I want to ask you both some questions about all of this, to but that. I'm going to let you both respond very quickly. You just said you spoke to your accountant yes. about potentially releasing your taxes. Did he tell you when you can release them? Do you as have a the deadline for when you're going to release them? I get the treated people? worse than the Tea Party got treated. Because I have a lot have of people in there, okay. deep down in the IRS, they treat me horribly. We made a deal, it was all settled until I decide to run for president. I get treated very badly by the IRS, very unfairly. But we had a deal all done. As soon as we're completed with the deal, I want to release it. But I have paid millions and millions of dollars, and I, it's worse than paying. I paid in advance. It's called prepaying your taxes. Okay. I paid in advance. I want to ask you yep. both about questions regarding your potential foreign entanglements and questions that have been raised to give you both a chance Some to talk about this more broadly. Respond very quickly, and then I'll get to my question. Why did he, he's been saying this for four years? Show us. Just show us. Stop playing around. You've been saying for four Everybody years you're going to release your taxes. Nobody knows it, Mr. President. What they do okay. know is you're not paying your taxes or you're paying taxes that are so low. When last time he said what he paid, he said, I only pay that little because I'm smart. I know how to game the system. Come on. Come on, folks. So, President Trump, and then I want to get to two questions to both of you sure. on this. I was put through a phony witch hunt for three years. It started before I even got elected. They spied on my campaign. No president should ever have to go through what I went through. Let me just say this. Mueller and 18 angry Democrats and FBI agents all over the place spent $48 million. They went through everything I had, including my tax returns, and they found absolutely no collusion and nothing wrong. 
48 million. I guarantee you, if I spent 1 million on you, Joe, I could find plenty wrong. Because right. the kind of things that you've done and the kind of monies that your family has taken, I mean, your brother made money in Iraq. Millions of dollars. Your other brother made a fortune. And it's all through you, Joe. And they say you get some of it. And you do live very well. You have houses all over the place. You live very well. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask oh, some dear. questions about all of this broadly. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person, when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out U.S. policy. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. Not a single thing, number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. Never President deal, Trump, deal with let me, let me ask way, my question to you. But could I just one, one thing? Very quickly. His son didn't have a job for a long time, was sadly no longer in the military service. I won't get into that. And he didn't have a job. As soon as he became vice president, Burisma, not the best, look, not the best reputation in the world. I hear they paid him 183000 a month. Listen to this. 183, and they gave him a $3 million upfront payment. All right. And he had no I, energy I'm going to let the Vice President That's respond to that quickly, and then dishonest. I need to get to a question to you very no quickly. No basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Okay. President Trump, this is for you. Since you took office, you've never divested from your business. You've personally promoted your properties abroad. A report this week, which was referenced, does indicate that your company has a bank account in China. So how can voters know that you don't have any foreign conflicts of interest? I have many bank accounts, and they're all listed, and they're all over the place. I mean, I was a businessman doing business. The bank account you're referring to, which is everybody knows about it, it's listed. The bank account was in 2013. That's what it was. It was opened and do it was closed in 2015, I believe. And then I decided because I was going to do I was thinking about doing a deal in China like millions of other people. I was thinking about it and I decided I'm not going to do it. Didn't like it. I decided not to do it. Had an account open and I closed it. Okay. Excuse me. And then unlike him where he's vice president and he does business I then decided to run for president after that. That was before. So I closed it before I even ran for president, let alone became president. Big difference. He is the vice president of the United States, and his son, his brother, and his other brother are getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking okay, up president money. Okay, President Trump, thank you. We do it's need to true. move on. I do want to ask you, uh, Vice President Biden, about China. Let's talk about China more broadly. There have, of course, President Trump has said that they should pay for not being fully transparent in regards to the coronavirus. If you were president, would you make China pay? And please be specific, what would that look like? What I'd make China do is play by the international rules. 
not like he has done. He has caused the deficit of China to go up, not down, with China, up, not down. We are making sure that in order to do business in China, you have to give all your intellectual property. You have to get a, have a partner in China that's 51 percent. We would not do that at all, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where China would have to play by the rules internationally as well. When I met with Xi that, and uh, when I was still vice president, he said we're setting up air identification zones in the, in the South China Sea. You can't fly through them. I said, we're going to fly through them. We just flew B-52, B-1 bombers through it. We're not going to pay attention. They have to play by the rules. And what's he do? He embraces guys like the thugs like in North Korea and and, uh, and the Chinese president and Putin and others, and he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends, all of our allies. We make up only, we're, we're 25 percent, 25 percent of the world's economy. We need to be having the rest of our friends with us saying to China, these are the rules. You play by them or you're going to pay the price for not paying by them economically. That's the way I will run it, and that's what we did in upholding steel tariffs and a range of other things when we were president and vice president. All right, let's talk oh, about oh, North oh, Korea. Oh, oh, excuse me, no, I have to yes. respond to that. Okay, very quickly, and then we're going to move on to North Korea. with a billion Korea. and a half dollars from China to Not manage true. after spending 10 minutes in office and being in Air Force Two, number one. Number two, there's a very strong email talking about your family wanting to make $10 million a year for introductions. President introductions. Trump, on China Not policy, true. though, what no, specifically no, are you going to do? What specifically are you going to do to make China pay? You've said you're going First to make all, them pay. First of all, China is paying. They're paying billions and billions of dollars. I just gave $28 billion. New sanctions? I just gave $28 billion to our farmers. Taxpayers' money. It's what? Taxpayers' money. Didn't no, come no, from yeah, China. You know who the taxpayer is? It's called China. China paid $28 billion, and you know what they did to pay it, Joe? They devalued their currency, and they also paid up. And you know who got the money? Our farmers, our great farmers, because they were targeted. You never charged them anything. Also, I charged them 25 percent on dumped steel, because they were killing our steel industry. We were not going to have a steel industry. Okay. And now we have a steel okay. industry. Okay. Vice President Biden, your response, please. My response is, look, this isn't about — there's a reason why he's bringing up all this malarkey. There's a reason for it. He doesn't want to talk about the, the, the substantive issues. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting badly. If you're making less than — if you're a middle-class family, you're getting hurt badly right now. You're sitting at the kitchen table this morning deciding, well, we can't get new tires, they're bald because we have to wait another month or so. Or are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Or who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making. In the middle-class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont, they're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want to. I want to talk about North Korea. Me, I do want to turn to ten seconds, Mr. President. That's ten a seconds. typical political statement. Let's get off this China thing, and then he looks the family around the table, everything. Just right. a typical politician. When I see that, let's talk I'm about North Korea. I'm not a typical Korea politician. Okay, That's President why I got elected. That let's was, talk. Let's about get off the subject of China. Let's talk around sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you can do better. We're going to talk about North Korea now. President Trump, you've met with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un three times. You've talked about your beautiful letters with him. You've touted the fact that there hasn't been a war or a long-range missile test. And yet, North Korea recently rolled out its biggest ever intercontinental ballistic missile and continues to develop its nuclear arsenal. Do you see that as a betrayal of the relationship you no. forged? Just 30 seconds here, because we need to get on to the next So, question. when I met with Barack 
Obama. We sat in the White House right at the beginning, had a great conversation. It was supposed to be 15 minutes, and it was well over an hour. He said, the biggest problem we have with North is North Korea. He indicated we will be in a war with North Korea. Guess what? It would be a nuclear war. And he does have plenty of nuclear capability. In the meantime, I have a very good relationship with him. Different kind of a guy, but he probably thinks the same thing about me. We have a different kind of a relationship. We have a very good relationship, and there's no war. And you know, about two months ago, he broke into a certain area. They said, oh, there's going to be trouble. I said, no, they're not, because he's not going to do that. And I was right. Look, instead of being in a war where millions of people, Seoul, you know, is 25 miles away, millions and millions, 32 million people in Seoul, Millions of people would be okay. dead right now. President we Trump, that's 30 seconds. Thank you. Vice President Biden, to you, North Korea conducted four nuclear tests under the Obama administration. Why do you think you would be able to rein in this persistent threat? Because right I'd make it clear, which we were making clear to China, they had to be part of the deal. Because here's the re I made it clear, and as a spokesperson of the administration, when I went to China, that they said, Why are you moving your missile defense up so close? Why are you moving more forces here? Why are you continuing to do uh, um, uh, military maneuvers with South Korea. I said, because North Korea is a problem, and we're going to continue to do it so we can control them. We're going to make sure we can control them and make sure they cannot hurt us. And so if you want to do something about it, step up and help. If not, it's going to continue. What has he done? He's legitimized North Korea. He's talked about his good buddy, who's a thug, a thug, and he talks about how we're better off. And they are have much more capable missiles, able to reach U.S. territory much more easily than ever did before. Let me follow up with you, Vice President Biden. You've said you wouldn't meet with Kim Jong-un without preconditions. Are there any conditions under which you would meet with him? On the condition that he would agree that he would be drawing down his nuclear capacity to get that the Korean Peninsula should be nuclear-free zone. All right, let's move on to American families. Kristen, they tried Very to quickly, meet with 10 him. Seconds, they tried to meet with him. He I wouldn't didn't. do it. He didn't like Obama. He didn't like him. He wouldn't do it. Okay, I got to give him a chance to respond to that before he wouldn't we move do it. on. And no that's way. okay. You know what? North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people don't understand. Having a good relationship Trump, with leaders of other countries is a, a lot good of thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes, to. Not Your response. We had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. The reason he would not meet with President Obama is because President Obama said, we're going to talk about denuclearization. We're not going to legitimize you. We're going to continue to put stronger and stronger sanctions on you. That's why he wouldn't meet with us. All right, let's and it didn't move happen. on. Let's Excuse move on me. and talk about he American families. He left me families. a mess, Kristen. President Trump, okay, we they do need to move on. They left me a mess. North Korea was a mess. We and in fact, if you so remember the first two or three months, tonight, there was a very Trump. dangerous period in my first three months before we sort of worked things out a little bit. Okay. There was a very They left us a mess. And Obama would be, I think, the first to say it was the single biggest problem he thought that our country Okay, had. let's move on to American families and the economy. One of the issues that's most important to them is health care, as you both know. Today, there was a key vote on a new Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, and health care is at the center of her confirmation fight. Over 20 million Americans get their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. It's headed to the Supreme Court, and your administration, Mr. President, is advocating for the court to overturn it. 
If the Supreme Court does overturn that law, those 20 million Americans could lose their health insurance almost overnight. So what would you do if those people have their health insurance taken away? You have two minutes uninterrupted. Sure. First of all, I've already done something that nobody thought was possible. Through the legislature, I terminated the individual mandate. That is the worst part of Obamacare, as we call it. The individual mandate where you have to pay a fortune for the privilege of not having to pay for bad health insurance. I terminate it. It's gone. Now it's in court because Obamacare is no good. But then I made a decision. Run it as well as you can to my people, great people. Run it as well as you can. I could have gone the other route and made everybody very unhappy. They ran it. Uh, premiums are down. Everything's down. Here's the problem. No matter how well you run it, it's no good. What we'd like to do is terminate it. We have the individual mandate done. I don't know that it's going to work. If we don't win, we will have to run it, and we'll have Obamacare, but it'll be better run. But it no longer is Obamacare, because without the individual mandate, it's much different. Pre-existing conditions will always stay. What I would like to do is a much better health care, much better, will always protect people with pre-existing. So I'd like to terminate Obamacare, come up with a brand new, beautiful health care. The Democrats will do it because there'll be tremendous pressure on them, and we might even have the House by that time. And I think we're going to win the House, okay? You'll see, but I think we're going to win the House. But come up with a better health care, always protecting people with pre-existing conditions. And one thing very important, we have 180 million people out there that have great private health care, far more than we're talking about with Obamacare. Joe Biden is going to terminate all of those policies. These are people that love their health care, people that have been successful, middle-income people, been successful. They have 180 million plans, 180 million people, families. Under what he wants to do, which will basically be socialized medicine, he won't even have a choice, they want to terminate 180 million plans. We have done an incredible job on health care, and we're going to do even better. Okay, Let Vice President Biden, yes, this is for you. Your health care plan calls for building on Obamacare. So my question is, what is your plan if the law is ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court? You have two minutes uninterrupted. What I'm going to do is pass Obamacare with a public option to become Biden care. The public option is an option that says that if you, in fact, do not have the wherewithal to be, if you qualify for Medicaid and you do not have the wherewithal, in your state to get Medicaid, you automatically are enrolled, providing competition for insurance companies. That's what's going to happen. Secondly, we're going to make sure we reduce the premiums and reduce drug prices by making sure that there's competition that doesn't exist now by allowing the Medicare to negotiate drug prices with the insurance companies. Thirdly, the idea that I want to eliminate private insurance, the reason why I had such a fight for with 20 candidates for the nomination was, I support private insurance. That's why I didn't, not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. They did not lose their insurance unless they chose they wanted to go to something else. Lastly, we're going to make sure we're in a situation that we actually protect pre-existing. There's no way he can protect pre-existing conditions. None. Zero. You can't do it in the ether. He's been talking about this for a long time. 
There is no, he's never come up with a plan. I guess we're going to get the pre-existing condition plan the same time we get the infrastructure plan that we've been waiting for since 17, 18, 19, and 20. The fact, I still have a, little, a few more minutes. I know you're getting anxious. The, <laughs> the fact is that there, he's already cost the American people because of his terrible handling of the COVID virus and the economic spillover. 10 million people have lost their private insurance. And he wants to take away 22 million more people who have it under Obamacare and over 110 million people with pre-existing conditions. And all the people from COVID are going to have pre-existing conditions. What are they going to do? I have a follow-up for you, Vice President sure. Biden. It relates to something that President Trump said. He's accusing you of wanting socialized medicine. What do you say to people who have concerns that your health care plan, which includes a government insurance option, takes the country one step closer to a health care system run entirely by the government? What's I your say it's ridiculous. It's like saying that, you know, we're uh, the idea that the fact that there's a public option that people can choose. That makes it a socialist plan. Look, the difference between the president, I think health care is not a privilege, it's a right. Everyone should have the right to have affordable health care. And I am very proud of my plan. It's gotten endorsed by all the major labor unions as well as, as well as a whole range of other people who in fact are concerned in the medical field. This is something that's going to save people's lives, and this is going to give some people an opportunity an opportunity to have health care for their children. How many of you home are worried and rolling around in bed tonight wondering what in God's name you're going to do if you get sick because you've lost your home insurance, your, your, your health insurance, your company's gone under? We have to provide health insurance for people at an affordable rate, and that's what I do. President Excuse Trump, me, he was your there response. for 47 years. He didn't do it. <laughs> he was now there as vice president for eight years, and it's not like it was 25 years ago. It was three and three quarters. It was just a little while ago, right? Less than four years ago. He didn't do anything. He didn't do it. He wants socialized medicine, and it's not that he wants it. His vice president, I mean, she is, is more liberal then Bernie Sanders and wants it even more. Bernie Sanders wants it. The Democrats want it. You're going to have socialized medicine, just like he went with fracking. We're not going to have fracking. We're going to stop fracking. We're going to stop fracking. Then he goes to Pennsylvania after he gets a nomination, where he got very lucky to get it. And he goes to Pennsylvania, <laughs> and he says, oh, we're going to have fracking. And you never ask that question. And by the way, so far, I respect very much the way you're handling this, I have to say. By the way. But somebody should ask the question. You can ask he, he goes for a year. There will be we no have a, fracking. We, have, there we will do be have no a number of here. we have a number of topics. We're no, no, but that's to. a big, that's we, a big question. We're going to get to we're going to get to I, I, the same thing topics. with socialized I medicine. Have to Vice President, your response, please. My response is: people deserve to have affordable health care. Period. 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 And the Biden care proposal will, in fact, provide for that affordable health care, lower premiums. What we're going to do is going to cost some money. It's going to cost over $750 billion over 10 years to do it. And they're going to have lower premiums. You can buy into the better plans, the cheaper plans, lower your premiums, deal with un un unexpected billing, and have your drug prices drop significantly. He keeps talking about it. He hasn't done a thing for anybody on health care. Not a thing. Tristan, when Very he quickly, says, then I want to talk when about he what's says public on option, Hill. he's talking about socialized medicine and when he and, and health care. When he talks about a public option, he's talking about destroying your Medicare, totally destroyed, and destroying your Social Security. And this whole country will come down. You know, Bernie Sanders tried it Bernie. in his state. He tried it in his state. His governor was a very liberal governor. They want to make it work. Okay. It, let's hear, it was let's let impossible Vice President Biden to work. Respond. It doesn't Vice work. President he's Biden a very confused respond. guy. He thinks he's running against somebody else. He's running against Joe Biden. 
I beat all those other people because I disagreed with them. Joe Biden, he's running against. And the idea that we're in a situation that is going to destroy Medicare, this is the guy that the actuary at Medicare said, if in fact, at Social Security, if in fact he continues to withhold his plan to withhold the tax on Social Security, Social Security will be bankrupt in by 2023 with no way to make up for it. This is the guy who's tried to cut Medicare. So I don't, I mean, the idea that Donald Trump is lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. He tried to get Ten rid seconds, of, he Mr. tried President, to hurt Social to Security years question. ago, years ago. Go back and look at the records. He tried to hurt Social Security years ago. All right, let's move but on. This I'm going to move on. Let me, Mr. President, I have to move week, on to the next question. They said the stock market will boom if I'm elected. If he's elected, the stock market will crash. Okay, let's move on to the next question very quickly. Look, the idea that the stock market is booming is his only measure of what's happening. Where I come from in Scranton and Claymont, the people don't live off of the stock market. Just in the, uh, just in the last three, uh, three years during this crisis, the, the billionaires in this country made, according to the Wall Street, $700 billion more dollars. $700 billion more dollars because that's his only measure. What happens to the ordinary people out there? What happens to them? Let's talk about what's happening K's, on Capitol Hill. We're, we're going to move on. 401ks are through the roof. We're going to move on. stock are through the roof. Right. And he doesn't come from Scranton. That's like one of the, He lived there for a short period gonna, of time before okay, he even knew we're it. We're going to move on to the next left. question. And the people of Pennsylvania Let me will move show on to that. my next question, gentlemen. As of tonight, more than 12 million people are out of work. And as of tonight, 8 million more Americans have fallen into poverty, and more families are going hungry every day. Those hit hardest are women and people of color. They see Washington fighting over a relief bill. Mr. President, why haven't you been able to get them the help they need? 30 seconds here. Because Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to approve it. I do. But you're the president. I do, but I still have to get. Unfortunately, that's one of the reasons I think we're going to take over the House because of her. Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to approve anything because she'd love to have some victories on a date called November 3rd. Nancy Pelosi does not want to approve it. We are ready, willing, and able to do something. Don't forget, we've already approved three plans, and it's gone through, including the Democrats, in all fairness. This one she doesn't want. It's near the election because she thinks it helps her politically. I think it hurts her politically. All right, Mr. Vice way, President, you know, The Republican leader in the, in, in the United States Senate said he can't pass it. He will not be able to pass it. He does not have Republican votes. Why isn't he talking to his Republican friends? Let me follow up with you, Vice President Biden. We made a Biden, deal. Because the let me let me ask Vice it. President Biden a question. You are the leader of the Democratic Party. Why have you not pushed the Democrats to get a deal for the American people? Well, I have, and they have pushed it. Look, they passed this act all the way back in the beginning of the summer. This is like it's not new. It's been out there. This Heroes Act has been sitting there, and look at what's happening. When I was in charge of the Recovery Act with $800 billion, I was able to get $145 billion to local communities that have to balance their budgets and states that have to balance their budgets, so then have to fire fire they have to fire firefighters, teachers, first responders, law enforcement officers, so they could keep their cities and counties running. He will not support that. They have not done a thing for them. And Mitch McConnell said, let them go bankrupt. Let them go bankrupt. Come on. What's the matter the with this? The bill that guys? was passed in the House was a bailout of badly run, high crime, Democrat, all run by Democrats, cities and states. 
It was a way of getting a lot of money, billions and billions of dollars to these kids. It was also a way of getting a lot of money from our people's pockets to people that come into our country illegally. We were going to take care of everything for them. And what that does, and I'd love to do that, I'd love to help them, but what that does, everybody all over the world will start pouring into our country. We can't do it. This was a way of taking care of them. This was a way of spending on things that had nothing to do with COVID, as per your question. But it was really a big bailout for badly run Democrat cities and states. All right, By the I way, wanna... if I get elected, I'm not going to, I'm running as a proud Democrat, but I'm going to be an American president. I don't see red states and blue states. What I see is American, United States. And folks, every single state out there finds themselves in trouble. They're going to start laying off, whether they're red or blue, cops, firefighters, first responders, because teachers, because they have to balance their budget. And the founders were smart. They allowed the federal government to deficit spend to compensate for the United States of America. I want to talk about the minimum wage, gentlemen. Mr. Yeah. Vice President, we are talking a lot about struggling small businesses yes. and business owners these days. Do you think this is the right time to ask them to raise the minimum wage? You, of course, support a $15 federal minimum I wage. I do, because I think one of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to bail them out, too. We should be bailing them out now, those small businesses. You got one in six of them going under. They're not going to be able to make it back. They passed a, a, a package that allows us to be able to call PPP. Money is supposed to go to help them do everything from organize how they can deal with their businesses being open safely. D d schools, how they can make classrooms smaller, how they can hire more teachers, how they can put ventilation systems in. They need the help. The businesses as well as the schools need the help. But this, these guys will not help them is not giving them any of the money. We are going to move so, on to immigration, one, one thing very quickly, but I want to get your reaction. He said we have reaction. to help our small businesses by raising the minimum wage. That's not helping. Uh, I think right. it should be a state option. Alabama is different than New York. New York is different from Vermont. Every state is different. It should be a state you, option. You said very we recently. We have to help. It's very important. We have to help our small businesses. You, you How said, are you helping your small businesses when you're forcing wages? What's going to happen and what's been proven to happen is when you do that, these small businesses fire many of their employees. You said Not very true, recently you would consider raising the federal minimum wage to $15 Say an hour. It. You said recently you would consider raising the federal minimum wage to $15 I, an really hour. Like, is that still the case? And I would consider it. And to an extent, but in a what second I really administration? like, what I re in a second administration, but not to a level that's going to put all these businesses out of business. It should be a state option. Look, every I've lived in different places, I know different places. They're all different. Some places, fifteen dollars is not so bad. In other places, other states, fifteen dollars. Okay, would be President ruinous. Trump. Thank no, you. Quick no response, Vice President Biden. Two jobs, one job, be below poverty. People are making six, seven, eight bucks an hour. These first responders, we all clap for as they come down the street because they've allowed us to make it. What's happening? They deserve a minimum wage of $15. Anything below that puts you below the poverty level. And there is no evidence that when you raise the minimum wage, businesses go out of business. That is simply not true. We're going to talk about immigration. Saw. We're going to talk about immigration now, gentlemen. And we're going to talk about families within this context. Mr. President, your administration separated children from their parents at the border, at least 4,000 kids. You've since reversed your zero-tolerance policy, but the United States can't locate the parents of more than 500 children. So how will these families ever be reunited? Uh, children are brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, 
and they're brought here, and they used to use them to get into our country. We now have as strong a border as we've ever had. We're over 400 miles of brand-new wall. You see the numbers. And we let people in, but they have to come in legally, and they come in through But merit. how will you reunite let me these just tell kids you, with their families, let me just tell you, Mr. President? They built cages. You know, they used to say, I built the cages. And then they had a picture in a certain newspaper, and it was a picture of these horrible cages. And they said, look at these cages. President Trump built them. And then it was determined they were built in 2014. That was him. Do you they have a plan cages. to reunite the kids? Yes, we're working family? on it very we're, we're trying very hard. But a lot of these kids come out without the parents. They come over through cartels and through coyotes and through gangs. Vice President Biden, let me bring you into this conversation. Quick response and then another question to you. These 500 plus kids came with parents. They separated them at the border to make it a disincentive to come to begin with. Bay, real tough. We're really strong. And guess what? They cannot — it's not coyotes didn't bring them over. Their parents were with them. They got separated from their parents. And it makes us a laughing stock and violates every notion of who we are as a nation. Let me ask you a follow-up question. they did it. We changed the policy. Your response they to that? They did it. We, we changed. did not They built the cages. The they, who, who built the cages, let's, Joe? Let's talk about what who we're talking about. Who built the cages, about. Joe? Let's talk about what we're talking about. What happened? Parents were ripped, their kids were ripped from their arms and separated. And now they cannot find over 500 sets of those parents, and those kids are alone. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. It's criminal. It's criminal. Let me ask Kristen, you about Kristen, I will say this. They went down. We brought reporters, everything. They are so well taken care of. They're in facilities that were so clean. But some of have them haven't been reunited. Good. But just ask one question. Who built the cages? I'd love you to ask him that. Who built the cages? Let me ask about your immigration policy, Mr. Vice President. The Obama administration did fail to deliver immigration reform, which had been a key promise during the administration. It also presided over record deportations as well as family detentions at the border before changing course. So why should voters trust you with an immigration overhaul now? Because we made a mistake. It, made too, it took too long to get it right. It took too long to get it right. I'll be President of the United States, not Vice President of the United States. And the fact is, I've made it very clear. Within 100 days, I'm going to send to the United States Congress a pathway to citizenship for over 11 million undocumented people. And all of those so-called dreamers, those DACA kids, they're going to be immediately certified again to be able to stay in this country and put on a path to citizenship. The idea that they are being sent home by this guy and they want to do that is they've gone to a country they've never seen before. I can imagine you're five years old, your parents are taking you across the, the Rio Grande River and it's, and, it's, and it's illegal. And you say, oh no, mom, leave me here. I'm not going to go with you. They've been here. Many of them are model citizens. Over 20,000 of them are first responders out there taking care of people during this crisis. We owe them. We owe them. Kristen, he had reaction. eight years to do what he said he was going to do. And I've changed without having a specific. We got rid of catch and release. We got rid of a lot of horrible things that they put in and that they lived with. But he had eight years he was vice president. He did nothing except build cages to keep children in. Vice President Wrong. Biden, your response. The catch and release, you know what he's talking about there? If, in fact, you had a family came across and they were arrested, they, in fact, were given a date to show up for their hearing. They were released. And guess what? They showed up for a hearing. 
This is the first president in the history of the United States of America that's anybody seeking asylum has to do it in another country. That's never happened before in America. That's never happened before in America. You come to the United States and you make your case that I seek asylum based on the following on the following premise, why I deserve it under American law. They're sitting in squalor on the other side of the river. President Trump, uh, your response, so 30 important. seconds, and then we'll move It on. just shows that he has no understanding of immigration or the laws. Catch and release is a disaster. A murderer would come in, a rapist would come in, a very bad person would come in. We would take their name. We have to release them into our country. And then you say they come back. Less than 1% of the people come back. We have to send ICE out and Border Patrol out to find them. We would say, come back in two years, three years. We're going to give you a court case. You need Perry Mason. We're going to give you a court case. When you say they come back, they don't come back, Joe. Yeah. They never come back. Only the really, I hate to say this, but those with the lowest IQ, they might come back. Okay, but President Trump, very, let's very give few. Vice President Biden a chance to respond, and then we're going to move on to the you next section. You don't know section. the law, Joe. Vice President Biden, law. your response. Know the law. What he's telling you is simply not true. Well, check, check it, it out. out. They don't come back. Check it out. All right, let's move on But we on don't have to, to worry about section. it because they terminated it, so we don't have to worry about let's it Let's move right. on to the next section. you have 525 kids not knowing where in God's name they're going to be and lost their parents. Go ahead. All right. Let's talk about our next section, which is race in America. And I want to talk about the way black and brown Americans experience race in this country. Part of that experience is something called the talk. It happens regardless of class and income. Parents who feel they have no choice but to prepare their children for the chance that they could be targeted, including by the police, for no reason other than the color of their skin. Mr. Vice President, in the next two minutes, I want you to speak directly to these families. Do you understand why these parents fear for their children? I do. I do. You know, my daughter is a social worker, and uh, she's, always, she's written a lot about this. She has a graduate degree from the University of Pennsylvania in social work. And you know, uh, one of the reasons why I ended up working on the east side of Wilmington, Delaware, which is 90% African-American, was to learn more about what was going on. What I didn't, I never had to tell my daughter, if she's pulled over, make sure she puts, for a traffic stop, put both hands on top of the wheel and don't reach for the glove box because someone may shoot you. But a black parent, no matter how wealthy or how poor they are, has to teach their child when you're walking down the street don't have a hoodie on when you go across the street. Making sure that you, in fact, if you get pulled over, yes, yes, sir, no, sir, hands on top of the wheel, because you are, in fact, the victim, whether you're a person making 300,000, child of a $300,000 a year person, or someone who's on, on, on food stamps. The fact of the matter is, there is institutional racism in America. And we have always said, We've never lived up to it, that we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal. But guess what? We have never, ever lived up to it, but we've always constantly been moving the needle further and further to inclusion, not exclusion. This is the first president to come along and says, that's the end of that. We're not going to do that anymore. We have to provide for economic opportunity, better education, better health care, better access to schooling, better access to opportunity to borrow money to start businesses. All the things we can do, and I've laid out a clear plan as to how to do those things. 
just to give people a shot. It's about accumulating the ability to have wealth as well as it is to be free from violence. President Trump, same question to you, and let me remind you of the question. I would like you to speak directly to these families. Do you understand why these parents fear for their children? Yes, I do. And again, he's been in government 47 years. He never did a thing, except in 1994, when he did such harm to the black community. And they were called, and he called them, super predators. And he said that. He said it, super predators. And they have never lived that down. 1994, your crime bill, the super predators. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. Criminal justice reform, Obama and Joe didn't do it. I don't even think they tried because they had no chance at doing it. They might have wanted to do it, but if you had to see the arms I had to twist to get that done, it was not a pretty picture, and everybody knows it, including some very liberal people that cried in my office. They cried in the Oval Office. Two weeks later, they're out saying, gee, we have to defeat him. Criminal justice reform, prison reform, opportunity zones with Tim Scott, a great senator from South Carolina. He came in with this incredible idea for Opportunity Zones. It's one of the most successful programs. People don't talk about it. Tremendous investment is being made. Biggest beneficiary, the black and Hispanic communities, and then historically black colleges and universities. After three years of coming to the office, I love some of those guys. They were great. They came into the office, and they said, I said, what are you doing? After three years, I said, why do you keep coming back? Because we have no funding. I said, you don't have to come back every year. We have to come back, because President Obama would never give them long-term funding, and I did. Ten-year, long-term funding, and I gave them more money than they asked for, because they said, I think you need more. And I said, the only bad part about this is I may never see you again, because I got very friendly with them, and they like me and I like them. But I saved it. Colleges and universities. Okay, and we're going to talk about both of your records, but your response to that, Vice President. My response to that is I never, ever said what he accused me of saying. The fact of the matter is, in 2000, though, after the crime bill had been in, 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 in the law for a while, this is a guy who said the problem with the crime bill, there's not enough people in jail. There's not enough people in jail. And go on my website, get the quote, the date when he said it. Not enough people. He talked about marauding gangs, young gangs, and the people who are going to maraud our cities. This is a guy who, in the Central Park Five, five innocent black kids, he continued to push for making sure that they got the death penalty. None of them were, none of them were guilty of what the crime, of the crimes they were suggested. Look, and talk about he, granted, he did in fact let 20 people, he commuted 20 people sentences. We commuted over 1,000 people's sentences, over 1,000. The very law he's talking about is a law that, in fact, initiated by Barack Obama. And secondly, we're in a situation here where we, the federal prison system was reduced by 38,000 people under our administration. And one of these things we should be doing, there should be no, no minimum ma mandatories in the law. That's why I'm offering $20 billion to states to change their state laws to eliminate minimum mandatories and set up drug courts. No one should be going to jail because they have a drug problem. They should be going to rehabilitation, not to jail. We should fundamentally change the system, and that's what I'm going to do. But why didn't he do it four years ago? 
Why didn't you do that? Four years ago, even less than that, why didn't you I do it? You were vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do, and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago, and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. Uh, I would have never run. <laughs> I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. All right, Vice President Biden, your response to that, and then I do have some uh, questions for both of you. Well, I'll tell you what. I, uh, I hope he does look at me, because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. Let me ask some follow-up. Excuse me. Please respond, if and then we're going to have follow-up If this stuff is true questions. about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq, if this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. All right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody's hey, President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. from hell. President Trump, Nobody. we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, you just... I have just... to respond to that. Please. Because, look, Very there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now no. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's got exactly it. what. Is this that's where you're exactly going? what. This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President, again with Russia. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've described one. the Black Lives Matter movement as a symbol of hate. You've shared a video of a man chanting white power to millions of your supporters. You've said that black professional athletes exercising their First Amendment rights should be fired. What do you say to Americans who say that kind of language from a president is contributing to a climate of hate and racial strife? Well, you have to understand, the first time I ever heard of Black Lives Matter, they were chanting, pigs in a blanket, talking about police. Pigs, pigs, talking about our police. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. I said, that's a horrible thing. And they were marching down the street. And that was my first uh, glimpse of Black Lives Matter. I thought it was a terrible thing. As far as uh, my relationships with all people, I think I have great relationships with all people. I am the least racist person in this room. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned by that rhetoric? I don't know. The, I mean, I don't video. know what to say. I got criminal justice reform done and prison reform and opportunity zones. I took care of black colleges and universities. I don't know what to say. They can say anything. I mean, they can say anything. It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark. But I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. Okay. Vice President Biden, Abraham, let me ask you very quickly, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Please. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire, every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. 
He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy has a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. You know, he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody right. done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody done what I've done for the black community. Now you have done nothing other than the crime bill, which put. Oh, God. Th tens of thousands of black men, mostly, in jail. All right. Let me, you know let what? Me, let me they ask They remember Vice it President because Biden if you look at what's happening with the voting right now, let me ask they Vice remember President that Biden you treated them very, very badly. The, Just the, take a look at what's happening out there. Vice President Biden, let me give you a chance to respond within this context. Crime okay. bills that you supported in the 80s and 90s contributed to the incarceration of tens of thousands of young black men who had small amounts of drugs in their possession. They are sons, they are brothers, they're fathers, they're uncles, whose families are still to this day, some of them suffering the consequences. So speak to those families. Why should they vote for you? One of the things is that in the 80s, we passed 100 percent, all 100 senators voted for it, a bill on drugs and how to deal with drugs. It was a mistake. I've been trying to change the sense, and particularly the portion on cocaine. That's why I've been arguing that, in fact, we should not send anyone to jail for a pure drug offense. They should be going into treatment across the board. That's what we should be spending money on. That's why I set up drug courts, which were never funded by our Republican friends. They should not be going to jail for a drug or an alcohol problem. They should be going into treatment, treatment. That's what we've been trying to do. That's what I'm going to get done, because I think maybe the American people have now seen that, in fact, it was a mistake to pass those laws relating to the drug. But they were not in the crime bill. But okay. why okay. didn't he get it done? See, it's all talk, no action with these politicians. Why didn't he get it done? That's what I'm going to do when I become president. You were vice president, along with Obama as your president, your leader, for eight years. Why didn't you get it done? You had eight years to get it done. Now you're saying you're going to get it done because you're all talk and no action, Jim. We got Your a lot response. of it done. We released 38,000. We got 38,000 prisoners left from the. You got out, nothing done. 38,000 prisoners were released from federal prison. We have, there were over a thousand people who were given clemency. We make, in fact, we're the ones that put in the legislation saying we could look at pattern and practice of police departments and what they were doing, how they were conducting themselves. I could go on, but we began the process. We began the process. We lost an election. That's why I'm running to win back that election and change his terrible policy. I just asked ask on one question. Why didn't you do it in the eight years, a short time ago, why didn't you do it? You just said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. You put tens because of thousands of mostly black young men in prison. Now you're saying you're going to get, you're going to undo that. Why didn't you get it done? You had eight years with Obama. You know why, Joe? Because you're all talk and no action. All right, Vice President because Biden, and then we're going to move on to the next section. We had a Republican Congress. That's the answer. 
Well, you okay. Gotta talk, you got to talk them into it, Joe. Sometimes All right. you got to talk them into it. We're going to move on to our next yeah. section. Like I did with criminal justice change. reform. Okay. I had to talk Democrats into Gentlemen, it. Gentlemen, you did. We're, we're running out of done. time, so we got to get on to okay. climate change, please. You both have very different visions on climate change. President Trump, you say that environmental regulations have hurt jobs in the energy sector. Vice President Biden, you have said you see addressing climate change as an opportunity to create new jobs. For each of you, how would you both combat climate change and support job growth at the same time, starting with you, President Trump? You have two minutes uninterrupted. So uh, we have the Trillion Trees program. We have so many different programs. I do love the environment, but what I want is the cleanest crystal clear water, the cleanest air. We have the best lowest number in carbon emissions, which is a big standard that I notice Obama goes with all the time. Not Joe. I haven't heard Joe use the term because I'm not sure he knows what it represents or means, but I have heard Obama use it. And we have the best carbon emission numbers that we've had in 35 years under this administration. We are working so well with industry, but here's what we can't do. Look at China, how filthy it is. Look at Russia. Look at India. It's filthy. The, the air is filthy. The Paris Accord, I took us out because we were going to have to spend trillions of dollars, and we were treated very unfairly. When they put us in there, they did us a great disservice. They were going to take away our businesses. I will not sacrifice tens of millions of jobs, thousands and thousands of companies because of the Paris Accord. It was so unfair. China doesn't kick in until 2030. Russia goes back to a low standard, and we kicked in right away. It would have been, it would have been, it would have destroyed our businesses. So, you ready? We have done an incredible job environmentally. We have the cleanest air, the cleanest water, and the best carbon emission standards that we've seen in many, many years. Vice President and Biden. We haven't destroyed our industries. Vice President Biden, two minutes to you, uninterrupted. Climate change and climate warming, global warming, is an existential threat to humanity. We have a moral obligation to deal with it. And we're told by all the leading scientists in the world, we don't have much time. We're going to pass the point of no return within the next eight to ten years. Former years of this man eliminating all the regulations that were put in by us to clean up the climate, to clean up, to limit the, the uh, limited emissions will put us in a position where we're going to be in real trouble. Here's where we have a great opportunity. I was able to get both all the environmental organizations as well as labor, the people worried about jobs, to support my climate plan. Because what it does, it will create millions of new good-paying jobs. We're going to invest in, for example, 500,000 50,000, excuse me, 50,000 charging stations on our highways so that we can own the electric car market of the future. In the meantime, China is doing that. We're going to be in a position where we're going to see to it that we're going to take 4 million existing billion buildings and 2 million existing homes and retrofit them so they don't leak as much energy, saving hundreds of millions of barrels of oil in the process and creating significant number of jobs. And by the way, the whole idea of what this is all going to do, it's going to create millions of jobs, and it's going to clean the environment. Our health and our jobs are at stake. That's what's happening. And what right now, by the way, Wall Street firms indicated that my plan, my, my plan will in fact create 
18.6 million jobs, 7 million more than his. This is from Wall Street. And I'll create $1 trillion more in economic growth than his proposal does. Not on climate, just on the economy. President Trump, you're They came out and said very strongly, $6,500 will be taken away from families under his plan, that his plan is an economic disaster. If you look at what he wants to do, you know, the if you look at his plan, no, his environmental plan, you know who developed it? AOC plus three. They know nothing about the climate. I mean, she's got a good line of stuff, but she knows nothing about the climate. And they're all hopping through hoops for AOC plus three. Look, their real plan costs $100 trillion. If we had the best year in the history of our country for 100 years, we would not even come close to a number like that. When he says buildings, they want to take buildings down because they want to make bigger windows into smaller windows. As far as they're concerned, if you had no window, it would be a lovely thing. This is the craziest plan that anybody has ever seen. And this wasn't done by smart people. This wasn't done by anybody. Frankly, I don't even know how it could be good politically. Right. They want to spend $100 trillion. That's their real number. He's trying to say it was six. It's $100 trillion. They want to knock down buildings and build new buildings with little, tiny, small windows. I mean, and many other things. Okay. And many other things. Let me have the Vice President respond. And we're crazy. running out of time, and we have a lot and more you'll questions destroy to get our to. Country. So let's hear from the Vice President. I have a number more questions. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know where he comes up with these numbers. $100 trillion. Give me a break. This plan was, and this is planned and endorsed by every major, every major environmental group and every labor group, labor, because they know the future lies. The future lies in us being able to breathe, and they know there are good jobs in getting us there. And by the way, the fastest growing industry in America are, is, is, is the electric, the, uh, excuse me, uh, solar energy, and wind. He thinks wind causes cancer, windmills. It's the fastest growing jobs, and they pay good prevailing wages, 45, 50 bucks an hour. We can grow and we can be cleaner if we go the route I'm proposing. President Trump, Excuse me. please we respond, energy, and then I have to follow We are follow energy up. independent for the first time. We don't need all of these countries that we had to fight war over because we needed their energy. We are energy independent. I know more about wind than you do. Oh. It's extremely expensive, kills all the birds, it's very intermittent, got a lot of problems, and they happen to make the windmills in both Germany and China, and the fumes coming up, if you're a believer in carbon emission, the fumes coming up to make, make these massive windmills is more than anything that we're talking about with natural gas, which is very clean. One other thing. Find me a scientist solar. To say that. I love solar, but solar doesn't quite have it yet. It's not powerful yet to, to really run our big, beautiful factories that we need to compete with the world. So False. it's all a pipe dream. But you know what we'll do? We're going to have the greatest economy in the world. But if you want to kill the All economy, right. get rid of your oil industry. You want and, and what about fracking? All right, now, let me, now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to respond. I never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did. Show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. The fact of the matter is Show he's flat lying. Would you flat. rule out banning fracking? I do rule out banning fracking because the answer we need we need other industries to transition to get to ultimately 
a complete zero emissions by 2025. What I will do with fracking over time is make sure that we can capture the emissions from the fracking, capture the emissions from gas. We can do that, and we can do that by investing money and doing it. But it's a transition to that. I have one more question excuse in this pot, and then we, me, we have. He was against fracking. He said it. I will show that to you tomorrow. I Good. am against fracking. Until he got the nomination, went to Pennsylvania, then he said, but you know what, Pennsylvania? He'll be against it very soon because his party is totally against fracking it. Fracking on federal land, I said. No fracking you and or oil on federal land. Let me ask this final question in this section, and then I want to move on to our final section. President Trump, people of color are much more likely to live near oil refineries and chemical plants. In Texas, there are families who worry the plants near them are making them sick. Your administration has rolled back regulations on these kinds of facilities. Why should these families give you another four years in office? Uh, the families that we're talking about are employed heavily, and they are making a lot of money, more money than they've ever made. If you look at the kind of numbers that we produce for Hispanic, for Black, for Asian, it's nine times greater the percentage gain than it was under in three years than it was under eight years of the two of them, to put it nicely. Nine times more. Now, somebody lives, I have not heard the numbers or the statistics that you're saying, but they're making a tremendous amount of money economically. We saved it. And I saved it again a number of months ago when oil was crashing because of the pandemic. Okay. We saved it. We got, say what you want about relationship, we got Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Russia to cut back way back. We saved our oil industry, and now it's very vibrant again. Right. And everybody has very inexpensive gasoline. Remember Vice that. President Biden, your response, and then we're going to have a final question for both of you. My response is that those people live on what they call fence lines. He doesn't understand this. They live near chemical plants that, in fact, pollute chemical plants and oil plants and refineries that pollute. I used to live near that when I was growing up in Claymont, Delaware. And all the more oil refineries in Marcus Hook and the Delaware River than there is any place, including in Houston at the time. When my mom get in the car and when, when there were first frost to drive me to school, turning the windshield wiper, there'd be oil slick in the window. That's why so many people in my state were dying and getting cancer. The fact is, those frontline communities, it doesn't matter what you're paying them, it matters how you keep them safe. What do you do? And you impose restrictions on the pollutions that it, the pollutants coming out of those fence line communities. Okay. I have one final would question. Would he close it down falls, the oil industry? It falls, would you close down the oil industry? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I will that's transition. a big statement. That's it is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's you can't a big do statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you okay. remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond, Ohio. and then I have to get to the final question. Vice President Biden. He takes everything out of context, but the point is, look, we have to move toward a net zero emissions. The first place to do that by the year 2035 is in energy okay. production. By 2050, totally.
All right. One is he going to get China to do it? No, we're finished with is this. Is he we going to get China to do it? We have to move on to our final question. I'm going to rejoin Paris Accord and make China abide by what they agreed to. All right. This is about leadership, gentlemen. And this first question does go to you, President Trump. Imagine this is your inauguration day. What will you say in your address to, America, to Americans who did not vote for you? You'll each have one minute, starting with you, Mr. We President. have to make a country totally successful, as it was prior to the plague coming in from China. Now we're rebuilding it, and we're doing record numbers, 11.4 million jobs in a short period of time, et cetera. But I will tell you, go back. Before the plague came in, just before, I was getting calls from people that were not normally people that would call me. They wanted to get together. We had the best black unemployment numbers in the history of our country. Hispanic, women, Asian, people with diplomas, with no diplomas, MIT graduates, number one in the class. Everybody had the best numbers. And you know what? The other side wanted to get together. They wanted to unify. Success is going to bring us together. We are on the road to success, but I'm cutting taxes, and he wants to raise everybody's taxes, and he wants to put new regulations on everything. He will kill it. If he gets in, you will have a depression, the likes of which you've never seen. Your 401ks will go to hell, and it'll be a very, very sad day for this country. All right. Vice President Biden, same question to you. What will you say during your inaugural address to Americans who did not vote for you? I will say I'm an American president. I represent all of you, whether you voted for me or against me. And I'm going to make sure that you're represented. I'm going to give you hope. We're going to move. We're going to choose science over fiction. We're going to choose hope over fear. We're going to choose to move forward because we have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make things better. We can grow this economy. We can deal with the systemic racism. And at the same time, we can make sure that our economy is being run and moved and motivated by clean energy, creating millions of new jobs. And that's the fact. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to say, as I said at the beginning, what is on the ballot here is the character of this country. Decency, honor, respect, treating people with dignity, making sure that everyone has an even chance. And I'm going to make sure you get that. You haven't been getting it the last four years. All right. I want to thank you both for a very robust hour and a half, a fantastic debate. Really appreciate it. President Trump, former Vice President Joe Biden, thank you to Belmont University for hosting us tonight. And most importantly, thank you to those watching tonight. Election Day is November 3rd. Don't forget to vote. Thank you, everyone, and have a great night. Thank you.
All right, we have just finished the final presidential debate, and boy, was it a hell of a debate. Clear and concise win for President Trump. I'm not just saying that because I love the guy. It was a clear win. As we saw in it, Biden started falling apart really quickly, and Trump was firing on all cylinders through the entire thing. Brought up Hunter Biden. Nailed him on China. Nailed him on immigration. Nailed him on everything. Started off on the defensive a little bit, but he came right back with the fire. And he just destroyed him. Absolutely devastating, devastating defeat for Biden. Trump was on message. America first. Populism. Nationalism. The entire way. So good. So good. So good. Let's see what the Twitter world is saying about, though. Wow, that was the best debate by far of this election cycle. Let's see if we're going to get our co-hosts in here. They should be joining us soon. And we will talk more about this. But the biggest takeaway for me was that line. What's up? Oh, Alex, you're here. Did you see the whole debate? I saw uh, most of it. I probably came out around 9.20. Trump won. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That shit was night and day compared to, um, you know, the usual. All the debates. Well, yeah, like compared to the first one, especially. Yeah. Scott M said, solid debate, Trump won. I agree. was a solid debate and Trump won. The moderator, too, was by far the fairest moderator. She had definitely a left-leaningness to her, but I think she was by far the fairest. Not 100% fair, but by far the fairest moderator. Yeah, I I agree. He definitely uh, got a fair shake this time. I'm I'm actually glad that Trump missed out on that second debate because with the way the stuff that we know now about that moderator, it would have been bad. Oh, it would have been terribly biased. But you notice too. I don't know if you caught this moment when um they were talking about the coronavirus relief bill, and they were asking Trump why he didn't past like the recent bill and she's like oh you're the president why didn't you do it and then he was pushing and saying well biden you know your uh your party didn't do anything the democrats are holding up yada yada and then the moderator asked biden since you are now the leader of the democratic party why haven't you helped them get it done and biden got so fucking angry so mean so nasty he did not like that question biden hated that question and he just fucking like lost his shit i was about to say i think he started he started cracking at the end i think he was cracking the whole time dude he was falling the lincoln thing i think was like that whole statement he called like the proud boys the poor boys boys. he called trump lincoln he's gonna go (laughs) to referring to this bullshit dude you forgot like that I is fine that because I missed that part. I heard Trump's uh, listen, like when he brought it up, but yeah, what the fuck did he say? Pretty sure he called him the poor boys. Yeah, he said, but yeah, apparently, yeah, he did. I did hear the poor boys thing. I laughed at that. I thought, oh, we should talk about poor boys. How about the poor kids that you said were just as smart as white kids, Joe Biden? Yeah, no, like you should go and like should, should you rename the channel to the poor boys? <laughs> Dude, the poor no, boys should rename themselves that. The the condemn poor boys. Yeah, 
so is he referring to that? So he called them racist, poor boys, racist. And, you know, he refers, well, the Democrats, you know, they refer to, uh, you know, you're not poor if you're white. You don't know poverty if you're white. So I guess he's I calling black boys and President Lincoln racist. The most racist. He called President Lincoln the most racist president until, like, I have a number more that's pretty funny. Just like you did, you did, you said you missed the part where he called Trump Lincoln. What was that? You you saw the part where he called Trump Lincoln. He That's said the part he, I miss, like kind of. I'm trying to find it right now because I didn't quite hear what Biden said. Of course, I'm not he said, on Twitter. You know, you're the most racist president. Like he called basically, he's trying called to refer Lincoln to Trump the most racist called, president. Yes, <laughs> he said fucking funny. What was funny too is what um, oh god, what did he when he got him on the fracking thing? At the end there, he was and Biden kept saying he didn't call to get rid of fracking. And Trump and he's like, Well put it on your website. And Trump's like, I will. And literally on fucking cue, the at real Donald Trump Twitter account says, Here you go, at Joe Biden, and plays the fucking video. Yeah, I think this was great. Like <laughs> honestly, I, I think that was a fucking slam dunk of a debate. That it was a slam dunk. Didn't. Because it, like, he was, like, Biden was on the defense most of the time. Like, the like the first debate, you know, Trump, he was he was on the defense more than he probably should have been. Like, yeah. I, 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 I still I still think he lost the first debate. I don't think Trump, wait, Trump, you said lost first debate? The first debate, yeah. I don't think he lost it. I think it was a draw. Because they were both slinging mud and throwing shit at each other that it kind of canceled out. I think Biden yeah. did better than people expected, but I think in this one, Biden was just low energy, fucking around, couldn't get a single sentence together, and just fucked every... Like, he looks so... The contrast, again, come back to the contrast. You have Trump, alpha, strong, energy. Biden was weak, low energy, pathetic, and, like, losing it. So terrible. So so terrible for him how many people yeah. tune into this debate i don't know but bad well i think more i think some people probably i don't know the numbers yet but i'm pretty sure more people would because they're curious about that uh you know the laptop stuff and they did ask like he asked about that that and then biden said that was a russian it was a russian related yeah, object he made like a russian hoax which i'm pretty sure that's been debunked like that yeah. you know the fbi has their hands on the laptop and no, yeah. and Biden hasn't denied that it's his son's. He still didn't deny it here. Yeah, there was I think one other that's... funny thing I'm trying to forget that happened. I literally like I just lost it. But there was something else that was really funny. It was like somewhat near the last like third of it. Yeah, how's the beginning? By the way, what like the first twenty or so minutes? Like the first actually... twenty minutes, honestly, was very uneventful. Trump was almost on defense too much; like he wasn't attacking Biden yet. And I thought because he's gonna wait for the real like an attack on him. And once Biden swung, you know, Trump's always a counterpunch. I knew he would wait. He slithers and waits, and then once he got attacked, he attacked back. So, yeah, I think that's a strategy because to defeat Biden. You know, like rhetoric, you have to kind of uh, like, you know, he's he's most powerful at the beginning when he's taking his medication. Yeah. And then the longer you wait, the the weaker he gets. So it's more of a uh, it's an endurance test than anything else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think that's what Trump did this time. And he, cause I think after the first debate, he realized, you know, the strategy to use for Biden. And yeah. I think Biden forgot about the strategy to use for Trump or, uh, cause I, and I said that after the first debate, Trump would, you know, he would use this to go monitor him. And I think, well, Trump again, did. Trump is the quickest learner ever. And I've always said, like, I'm not worried about this debate. I was telling somebody that at the office today. I'm like, look, Trump adapts so quickly and learns so quickly. He's going to kill it. I think he's going to do good. And he did. Um, the other thing, too, is the cages part. Trump was like, who made the cages, Joe? Huh? Who made the cages that locked up the – that separated the families? And Biden wouldn't answer yeah, no, he kept and then he kept hammering about the uh, you know the people coming over here. The thing is, he won't have to separate them if they were actually like, if they if you could actually prove they were fucking their kids, like not they're fucking their kids like a pedophile, but like they were their kids, you know? Because they they there's a lot of those people, those coyotes, they are pedophiles. Like I think it was like over fifty percent of people who get smuggled over who are like female or children get sexually abused on the way. You know, so to go and leave kids into the care of people that, you know, they're claimed to be their parents, but you don't have any documentation because guess what? They're undocumented when they come over here. They don't have, you know, any sort of identification because they're illegal. I think it was smart to reverse the policy politically, but the thing that looked to me the um, worst was the fact that they they never explain and this is just a detail the public's probably gonna like go right over their head it's like these cages these quote-unquote cages these ice facilities are like the nicest places ever they're nicer than the penn state dorms and i'm not even using hyperbole like they literally are yeah Yeah, that's true (laughs) but you get my point it's like it's not like they're being thrown in some like ghetto you know it's a freaking they have beds they have like pool tables they have basketball they have all kinds of shit probably have tvs yeah it's like a summer camp that's what Kansas owens called it um dude abc is not hugging on biden hard oh really Uh uh-huh what'd you think of the debate phil uh trump trump kicked his ass oh he kicked his ass yep It, it was bad it was bad well i mean okay like so we knew i i had a feeling if if it was fair, like my biggest worry before it like was my biggest worry was that uh, the moderator, Kristen Walker, would be hard left. That's what I thought. And she I thought was and, by and far she, the what, fairest I, of any and, moderator. And she actually I thought she was better than Chris Wallace. Oh, she was miles. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's not saying much. That's like. Well, she actually pressed Biden on things. Like, yeah, it was shocked yeah. me and pissed Biden off. This was mentioned, Alex. Did you notice the moment when she asked Biden, since you're the leader of the Democratic Party, why aren't you doing anything to help with the coronavirus relief bill? And he lost his shit. He got so angry. It was like a light turned on. He totally yeah. changed tone there. Like, completely. Well, he had. Well, 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 like with the other. With the other. Like with the other debates. Uh, actually, like with the first, well, one of the re- one of the reasons why I think Trump shot a- shot himself in the foot in the first debate was he kept interrupting, like what, like keeping interrupting, because like Biden has this like thirty second memorized speech. Like anytime they, anytime he gets asked a question, he has this thirty second speech that he has like pre memorized, and once you break him from that, exactly. is when you see 
you see he where he up. really is. Yeah. And so, like, um, wait a minute, what was it? He never thought he would no. get asked by that. Never get asked that question. So, 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 right, right when, right when Trump asked him about the the Hunter Biden, oh, the Hunter oh, Biden oh, situation, oh. he said some real. Joe Biden really tried to do some shrewd shit, right? Like he said, I never took, I never took a penny from a foreign entity. See, now this is catchy, oh, right? Because technically, shit. no, 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 no. Yeah, technically, technically, he literally didn't. Technically, he didn't. So, babe, technically, did. he had, technically, he had Biden as his bag, uh, he had Hunter as his bag man or as mm. an intermediary to do it for him, right? So, you know, I didn't dump the body. I would never yeah, do that. I, yeah. I didn't get I, answer that shit. No, no, I didn't do. I paid somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> no, pretty like, much. Uh, and so, but once you got him past that, then he started. Then the bullshit started coming. Like, oh, Hunter, Hunter didn't make money off of China. Obviously, that was real bullshit, right? Like you're tra- you're talking. Like once you get him past that stuff, then the then the lie then the bullshit starts mm-hmm. coming, right? And that's what we were looking for, and that's what Trump did extremely well this time around. Well, see um, what Biden did, and like what he well what he didn't say, he like he was saying, oh, you know, he never Biden got or Hunter got the job because you know he uh, he wasn't like through some sort of illicit means or whatever. Yeah, and then like Trump brought up like, well, okay, so you're having somebody got kicked out of the military. You know, who has a drug addiction and he's getting paid one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a month by mm-hmm. a Ukrainian gas company when he has no experience in gas. Yep. Like he never like Biden never explained how and, that makes sense. And he still never denied exactly that the emails were that, that the yep. emails weren't accurate. Yep. I brought that up. Never too. denied. Knows, that. I know he never denied it. And I love to when Trump. Well, first of all. Did you notice he he dropped the M bomb malarkey again? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's such cringe, like boomer cringe. Yeah. So malarkey. there was a couple things. Speaking of cringe, there was a couple things that were fucking cringe. Uh, the other one that that malarkey one, that's yeah, that's pretty cringe. Are you thinking like, the moment we, where he would like answer that one question? It was like dead silence for like ten seconds. That is also that, that. Thanks for bringing that up. That was cringe, very cringe too. And Trump's like, um, you have to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, you have to talk to them. I'm like, that was the point where I was like, uh oh, the ship is sinking, Biden. The ship is sinking. And like, yeah, it, I mean, the, and but okay, I'm trying. I'm, I'm regressing here. Um, then you had the uh, wait a minute, what the fuck was I talking about? Okay, wait, uh, Phil, did you see that part where he basically like he called Trump fucking uh, Lincoln? Yeah, like <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Like what? Yeah, I'm like I'm looking at this whole thing. Like what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then he made up some bullshit excuse like, oh, well, you're talking about Lincoln, so I, you Trump's know, like, I didn't. Like Wait, like, that, did, 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 did he throw an Obama under the bus too? Yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, then, I was just then, the vice president. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Yo. He's fucking campaigning for you even throwing his ass under the bus. Like, come on, Biden. And dude. he threw the Bernie bros under the bus. He's like, no, yeah. I would not. Um, God, what was the line? Sorry, slipping me. I think it was about the minimum wage or what was it? Yeah. Yeah. There was, that was, there was a minimum wage type thing where, where they were trying, they were like, well, well, here's, I'll start by saying, look, 
the one the one mistake Kristen Welker made was asking about asking Trump about why he didn't get anything done as far as the COVID relief. Like like nobody nobody took a civics class or even watched a fucking episode of Schoolhouse Rock like to, to see how bills work, right? You know? Yeah. It's like she's like, Well, you're you know, the president. Like he's the last person to get the fucking bill. He needs to get the bill in order for it to actually go through. Uh, But yeah, uh, the, but then, yeah, wait a minute. What was I said? God damn it. I I keep, I keep, keep regressing myself. Um, But yeah, going back to, I know my mind's going the same way as yours. It was going, it was like, it's like a hundred miles an hour here. Uh, There's so much to, so much to unpack. Um, One thing I'll say okay. quickly is cringe. Cringe. Oh, yeah, cringe. Let's go back to cringe. You remember the cringe? The cringe. The cringe. Uh, he kept staring at the fucking screen again. What the fuck? He's kept staring <laughs> at the camera and and pointing it to it real weird, like like. He's but America, to the people, like, and it's just it was it was bad. It just didn't look. It looked bad. It was like it looked. It didn't look authentic. It just looked terrible. Like it didn't like, like there's a way to do it, right? There's a way to look at the crap. Like, look, if you do it, you kind of do it a little bit and you do it kind of, you know, there's, there's, Trump a, there's a, there's a natural Basically. engagement. Yeah. yeah. Trump did it like, but he didn't like do it. Like the problem with Biden was he did it every fucking time. Like you have to do it a little bit. Like you, if you're going to, if you're going to relate to the people and the, the, to the people at home you got to do it like a little bit like go you know stare, look at it a little bit make your move and then go right back to the go right back to the debate he didn't he, as soon as as soon as he got asked a question he had a couple he, had, he said a couple sentences and then went to staring at the at the camera like what the fuck are you doing? That looks just cringe as hell. And he does like, this pandery shit that, like, I keep seeing people think it's smart. Like, oh, he's talking to the audience. He's talking to the camera. Christie did that. It would be if he knew what people would, did. It, it would be if he knew it, what the fuck he was doing. But the but it just doesn't look. Well, it I just doesn't it, look authentic at all. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and it's so. pandering. It's phony. Christie did. A bunch of other people always do. It never works. And a good example too is that. Trump kept bring, going back to one of those 2016 themes. He's a politician, a typical politician. I'm not, and that's why I won. And he brought it up to, like, when Joe said, oh, these people around their, their these families around their tables. Um, I forget what that was all about. And Trump's, like, mocking. He's like, he's like, what's this shit, you know? This is some politician talking. Like, and then perfect way to answer that perfectly well, i think Biden's boomer like his boomerisms i think just sort of took hold. yeah it's like honestly who, who like what families really even sit around the fucking table anymore the Mine thing does. that got me the thing that got me was like like the, the thing that made me say like the 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 the, the thing the, that made the red alert go was he was at but biden was asked uh Biden was responding to something that Trump said and then Trump and then Biden tried to quote Trump and then but he couldn't do it like he couldn't he couldn't get the quote and then so he's like well look at look on my website it's right there I got it on there just look at it I'm like oh the 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 ship is sunk right yeah. that's, that's when that's when I felt like the 
it was gone. Like he Biden well, yeah. was gone. And also, like you can tell, like when he's in those moments, he's like, "Go to the website." He doesn't really know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't have it in his head. Yeah. And he's directing people there, and that's a prepared thing. And it's just, again, it's very he Biden really just felt like what we've been hoping for in the first debate was that Biden have a fuck up. Like the Abe Lincoln yeah. thing. Like, you know it's going to happen. You just got to kind of push him to it. And that's what – I think the moderator might have pushed him more than Trump because of that well, one question where he started well, getting really nasty and he got really the one off his thing, game. The one thing I will credit – the one thing I will credit Kristen Walker doing, she allowed them to respond. Like, maybe too much. Maybe too mm-hmm. much. But she did allow but it. What it did, that, that probably helped. But but that actually helped Trump because like obvious obviously the more responses that were being given the more it favored Trump because Trump had the responses like like once once Biden went past that thirty second memorized clip it was kind of over right that to- that that topic was over and so when both of them responded you could tell that Biden yeah was starting to lose it more and more and more and then that played that played into the, even the, the later minutes of the debate. Like, as you could tell, the meds were starting to wear off. He was starting to, like, the, the attention span was starting to shorten. Uh, that, that Like, he was starting to get a little, little bit more antsy, a little bit more frustrated. Like, you could tell. It's, and, I, I yeah, I mean, Trump, he completely dominated. Like, this it, is a funny tweet, too, from Posobiec, where he says, mm-hmm. White House sources tell at OAN, Trump walked off stage, looked at staff, and said, quote, let's finish this, and walked off to the motorcade. Oh, Fucking yeah. Badass. Yeah. Chad. Absolute Chad. I just love him. He just... this, And this is why he knows, like, there's been a shift in Trump. I'm going to talk about something that I didn't talk about on the last show, a little exclusive insight. Uh, Trump is just on fire. Like, he is on top of the world right now and that's when he's at his best this is 2016 energy right here and the reason i am really emphasizing that is because and this has already been leaked to the media so i'm not talking about anything that's private anymore but i was on a call with trump i know i make that sound a little more dramatic than it really was but it's one of those like conferencey calls that you can get on but you can't really say anything it was with President Trump, campaign manager Bill Stepping, and pretty much the whole Pennsylvania staff for the campaign, and probably then some. And I, I, it was surreal. It was awesome. It was raw. Trump said the polls were bullshit, and what, what raised my eyebrows. And I thought, if press is on, they're gonna re- fucking make this a headline. When he goes, yeah, and then you had these idiots and Anthony Fauci. And he, you know, that said you could, you know, we shouldn't do this and that. And I thought, oh boy, that's going to be everywhere. And it turned out to be. But the bigger takeaway I got than all that sort of stuff was when he said, I am happier than ever before. I am loving this more than ever before. This is the best day ever. This was the last day of voter registration in Pennsylvania. That was this Monday. Shit. Can't believe it, was, it felt like a long time ago. And I could feel it in his voice, in his cadence, in his tone, in his energy. He was high energy and 
joyful as ever. So happy, loving what he's doing. I mean, it was amazing. Amazing hearing that type of trauma. Because you don't only see that on TV. You don't only see that at the rallies. It just felt like a more personal, raw side of him that blew me away and told me this guy is going to win. That was the moment I definitively thought, we're winning this shit. We're winning this shit. Yeah, but Biden was like, Obama was the most racist president in modern history. <laughs> like, are you high? Are you talking about the guy that abolished the ownership of black you people? Lincoln. What, you that mean, dude? You what mean the Lincoln? fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you, Lincoln. You pulled, you pulled a Biden over there. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. No, a- Abraham Lincoln. No, I was, I was, I mean, I was quoting. Yeah, I was going to say, you weren't wrong in what you were saying originally. Yeah, Biden, Biden said, a- Biden was saying Abraham Lincoln was the most racist president in modern history. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The guy who... Not modern. Like, maybe to Biden he's modern because he's a fucking boomer. But, like, you know... You could actually make an argument that, you know, Lincoln was actually racist because he did advocate... Like, there like there's actually an I mean, argument that I don't think like, he's going to be made. That wasn't what he was trying to do. Yeah, but yeah, but that's not a good look when you're you're yeah. saying that that the guy who abolished the ownership of black people, like that he's a racist. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what what are you talking about? Like, that's not good. Well, that's not that's not that, a good look. Too, you know, so and Pasobik saying a similar thing when they were talking about race, which is usually Trump's weakest part. Not that I think that Trump's racist or wrong or anything. I think he's been doing more than like he says for minorities than anybody else, it tends to not come off as well as it should. And I think he did a really good job on race, and Biden just flustered, just didn't really prove anything. Because Trump pivoted to, I've done the Opportunity Zones, criminal justice reform, funded uh, historically black colleges. What have you done? You've done nothing. You talk that you're going to do all these things. You had eight years, you didn't do shit. Perfect way to frame it. Again, back yeah. to the outsiders versus insiders. This is the frame that needs to be remembered. That is what it's all about, and it's coming back to that. But you could tell Trump was on his game. Solid. I yeah. mean, how does he lose? I, I just don't see him losing at all. Period. I mean, I've said for the past, you know, ever since he won pretty much, that he's going to win a second term. But, like, I've never been more confident and have zero doubt to my mind that he's going to do anything but win. He is going to win. I have zero doubts that he's going to win. Unless the election is stolen from him. Well, I mean, that's always in the... It's always, I think, always in the cards. I think he's been had, like... I, I've seen like I mean the polls are bullshit, but even the fucking polls are starting to like start to fucking narrow. For yeah, Trump's even the bullshit life. polls have him like only a few percentage points away in some states. I'm like, he must be killing it then. But then you have bullshit polls like the Fox poll says yeah. he's down down twelve in Michigan, which makes zero sense. Yeah, ABC brought up the internal ABC polls brought up a look bullshit really poll. good. ABC brought up a bullshit poll with. That that said he was down twenty five points when with senior citizens, which is like complete bullshit. Because like if that were the case, he'd be getting wiped the fuck out in Florida. Like that's mm-hmm. like no. These are voter suppression polls. 
If they're intentionally yeah. or unintentionally, they are voter suppression polls. And I've seen people, they come to me and they go, oh, Sean, he's down 12 in PA. Like, give me some comfort. Like, give me some hope. And I'm like, You know what you should do, though? Ignore him. You, like, meaning the the at the office, you should have a TV screen we do. that has the polls, the polls right now, and the polls four years ago, mm. right? You have a split screen one side one side has the polls right now the other has the polls four years ago and look at how fucking identical they are and yeah. like oh see we've been through this before it doesn't end well for them that's what i always tell them i said do you remember 2016 do you remember four years ago it's the same so then, story. So that way, when somebody's like, oh, my God, what about the polls? What about the polls? You just point at the fucking screen like, look, yeah. see? Right here, right here. But I, I do think he's he's doing pretty good now. Like, I think he has – he's been on a pretty good winning streak lately. The, I think look, tops the energy. The yeah. Biden, that Biden stuff – like with, with the with the with the computer, like he couldn't ask for a better like like October surprise. And he mm-hmm. stuck it to him in the debate, and he has Biden on tape denying, well, not really denying, but sort of skirting around saying he didn't take a penny from these countries. Da da da. da. It can all be used in ads, and then the part about oh, yeah. fracking can be used. I mean, it was just a yep. clear win. This is and he dodged Trump. that shit too. Yeah, he dodged the shit out. Well, of he, it. and then here's the thing too: he's got piss off people on the left because he said, "I will never ban fracking." Too, so it's like it's a lose lose for Biden. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's lying, and then he's pissing off his own party. He pisses yep. off the Bernie Bros again. That's the thing nobody's really talking about is how the Bernie Bros. We all know that like ninety nine percent aren't gonna uh, of them aren't gonna come out, but like if he started pivoting further left a little bit on some things, he might have been able to turn convince a few to come out. None of them are coming out. None. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's and, it's devastating. Like really devastating the, for them. I think another strategy that Biden tried and is failing with too, just like Hillary did four years ago. Is she's trying to get these fucking celebrities to like endorse like these celebrity endorsements, like really, it's like really bad. Like, like you know, when Hillary had that, she started having those concerts with like Jay Z and Katy yep. Perry. You could feel the desperation. That. Like it was just it it was bad. Like, what well, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Well, did you see Bynes pulling out the Avengers now? <laughs> fucking Avengers are assembling to get out the vote for Joe. Yeah, like well, what is I saw like a Sam Elliott fucking ad. I actually like that guy, but like now yeah. it's really pissing me off. Yeah. Well, Sam- I mean, well, let's be real. Like, if you're, like, I expect, I expect, uh, every like almost everybody in the entertainment industry to be pro pro Biden because they're all getting they're all getting Chinese money, right? Like, I'm I expect it. What I don't expect, say it again. It's not even just that. Look where they're based out. They're out of fucking California. But but Facebook, like, do you expect them to have a conservative bias on fucking Facebook or Twitter when they're all based on the most? Without, yeah, I agree with you in a way. But like, really, without without China, uh, Hollywood's dead. Social media is dead. TV's dead. Like, there's a lot. 
like uh, like cause, social media because you know the facebook and shit they're not even in china yeah because because well, well look well you look at um most of the most of the people like hollywood's gotten in like even when we're going back to california right california like with hollywood like people left even hollywood left hollywood right a lot of these places are going to like miami and atlanta now like like they're the 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 film industry has been going to atlanta for the most for a lot of the part like you know they're they're leaving california and like i i just like i know that that's a little bit of a regression but like the if but but a lot of these like when um with like with twitter right a lot of these social media companies were not doing very good until trump really kind of came on the scene and then it's like well like even look at look at netflix right netflix um over 80 percent over 80 percent of the stock is owned by in by institutional financing that does like multi-billion dollar business in China. The CEO, I think he only owns like maybe 0.8% of the stock or something like that. So if he, if they do anything to piss off to China, he's fucking out of there. Like he's out of there in a heartbeat. Like, so you, you really do like with companies like Netflix, you got to talk, you really do have to ch tow that China line mm -hmm. or else. Well, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's a film, though. like that's sort of like a film film in that sort of area. But like social media, I would say, at least for Facebook, definitely not, because they've been the ones who've been really pushing anti uh, TikTok stuff. Well, well, YouTube probably more so than Facebook. But I know they they all don't like that. Like, I think I thought Zuckerberg was actually pushing against like a WeChat and uh, TikTok because it encroaches on their business. Mm. Also, I want to dive in some real quick. Well, not dive into, but mention real quick. Something from the Wall Street Journal, Kimberly okay. Strassel, saying that she has obtained the Bobolinsky, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, emails and texts. We've been through them all. My coming column online soon will relay a disturbing story of Hunter, Joe, and the Chinese. It's quite something whole type. And I'm hearing, too, from like a lot of circles, Remember when we brought up that text from Infowars that was talking about the the underage girls and shit, and we kind of laughed at like, okay, that's a little mm -hmm. far-fetched, and we love I Alex. Don't but... I think that he was involved with underage girls with that computer, because that's usually something that people search for a computer for if you ever bring it to a repair shop. Well, it sounds like there is some, some, I don't know what it is or what it contains, but there is a lot of talk that there's some sort of underage girls content on this computer. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it is yeah. pretty well, bad. Well, I mean, well, Rudy, yeah, Rudy Giuliani, I think he, he gave the, I get, I think he gave the hard, either the laptop or the hard drive to the Delaware State Police who then turned it over to the FBI for like the I thought child I thought the repair shop guy brought to the FBI originally and they didn't give a shit for like 11 months. So then he yeah, that's what I thought the story was. Maybe, but well, maybe, maybe that too. But I, but I think I'm thinking that, uh, the lawyer probably, the lawyer is probably handling that a lot better than this guy can. I mean, he did great. He did great. Make a mo like, like the, uh, the computer store owner. He did great. Like, 
making multiple copies, making mm. like make like protecting himself. But I mean, like making sure people follow through from a criminal standpoint. I mean, look, you you're probably not going to get better than an actual attorney um, when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, this is a RAM thing, but I want to mention it real quickly. PewDiePie is getting shadow banned by YouTube. His videos aren't showing up in search, and his videos are not being sent out to his subscribers. That's pretty big. They're censoring their biggest creator. And the New York Post is still censored on Twitter. Still mm -hmm. blocked. Still can't tweet. Yeah. Still can't do anything. Yeah. Again, I want, I mean, I know we've, like, fucking beaten this dead horse, like, till it's, like, fucking probably reincarnated and is dead again and we're still beating, beating it. Nothing is still going to get done about tech censorship. What is, I mean, I hope there's a breaking point, but, man, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to get, definitely going to get worse. I t I've said that. I've said that for the, for a couple months now. I'm like, look. Oh, yeah, we've been gonna, saying that. It's, it's going to get worse. And then, and then everybody's bitching, and I said, it's going to get worse. And then the bitching continues. I'm like, it's going to get worse. And then yeah. they ban more people. It's going to get worse. Like, and that's the thing and I'm telling you, with... even today, even today, it's going to mm -hmm. get worse, right? Yeah. Even after today. Still like, gonna get work. I keep hearing from some people. They're like, "Oh, well, Congress, they they have to do something." I'm like, "No, no, no, they it's don't." It's going to get worse. The, the we're nowhere. I don't even think we're anywhere close to the level of bad it has to get to. We are not at rock bottom yet. It's like a fucking alcoholic. It's got to hit rock bottom before it can start yep. going game better. We are not at rock yep. bottom. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Um. But yeah, I'm trying to find new stuff, new reactions, new hot takes, new things people are picking up. But apparently Pasobiec said, I think Servich was saying the same thing too, when they were in the White House briefing room, the White House press room off air once, the moderator, Kristen Welker, was screaming at Pasobiec and like jabbing her finger at him. Like I know she's totally Parson, she's probably a crazy like psycho, but better than fucking chris wallace but but it's amazing that she is better than chris wallace like well she shit. uh there there was there was some times where i i you could feel the parson coming out why why well, I, well, I felt like she didn't really have control of the debate which I, I i'm not sure i can knock her on that because like who the fuck is gonna control donald trump like no there's one. nobody no one can control Not even melania yeah well i mean yeah, i need to drop okay um okay there you go um <laughs> but yeah i i don't think i don't think that uh i don't think that anybody can like control donald trump once he has his like once once trump has his eye set on something it's you're not you're not going to control them. You're not going to derail them. It's not, it's bad. It's just don't, I, 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 and I like, and this debate was a clear example. Like you're like once, once he got going, he just kept going. The ball just kept rolling faster and faster. And it just like, it, it was just so, and, and the thing that made it awesome is like, Trump made it just look so casual. It was just like so casual to him. Like I, 
and, and like it you could tell you could tell on one side you had joe joe biden who just he constantly looked flustered and he mm-hmm. looked agitated it like like it looked like he was out of it. He started doing that blinky thing where you know he's kind of like fading out. Did you see the licking thing he did too now? Yeah, he just like you can tell the meds, the meds were gone. The meds were losing their effect. And then it was like and like Trump, it's like it's like a like Trump saw it and it was like blood in the water. It was he's like, like yes. Like he's sensing, oh, I got this fucker now. Like <laughs> According to Posobiec, Trump backstage pointed out that Wal- Welker protected Joe from most of the laptop questions. Yeah, that's why I've noticed, too. Yeah. But then added, yeah. quote, but she's no Wallace. Yeah. No. No. I will yeah. say, I will give her credit. She did. She did bring up the laptop. I will say that. She did ask um, him about it, and she asked him about the coronavirus relief I bill. Will say, and asked about yeah. fracking. Yeah. I will say that. Like, she definitely brought tough thing which i kind of felt like i felt like she kind of had to do it because the all the like all the nasty like all the media the entire media was looking like oh this this is some partisan fucking hack and she is but like i think she had to kind of concede a little bit just to like just to kind of just for optics sake like mm-hmm. yeah Safe but face. she did look it was good i look i i'll tell you, um she was the best one out of all of them and that like she was even better than steve sully and he didn't even do one like i mean that <laughs> was i will give her credit i will give credit where credit's due right I, we're calling balls and strikes she she did a fairly she did as good of a job as anybody could do like mm-hmm. Uh, I I will I will say that. Um, Scott Adams tweets: CNN is trying to debunk the Hunter Biden stories without telling viewers what the stories are. It's mind-boggling. You know yeah. that too. It's yeah. all this talk about, and they don't want. Well, there's not a lot to talk about, but when they do talk about it, they don't explain shit. Like, no, oh, they just they, they don't say anything. It's yeah, the 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 the, the same tired storyline. Oh, Russian disinformation. And like you, you tell even Trump was like, "Oh, you, we're gonna do this again." Like, "Oh, we're gonna do this Russia yeah. thing again." That was, I, I like that. That was a good. That was a good line of his. Like he went right in. Like, "Oh, geez, we're gonna do this again. We're gonna do this again." Like, I it, it was fun. I, I mean, he was just funny. Trump was funny. He was witty. And that's what the I was saying was guy. missing from the first one was that humor, that joy, that like. That positive energy, you know. Well, he had it. Like he had it. There was just the a lot of like he interrupted. His interrupting kind of handcuffed his own ability to to do some of the stuff that he wanted to do. Like 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 it almost felt it felt like the first with the first debate he was letting his emotions get the best of him. Like in terms of the interrupting, like he wanted. Like he, I felt like. he was getting attacked and he wanted, he just wanted to get back at him at any, like whatever. And it was like, this was a little bit more calculated. It was a little bit more natural. It was like, it was very, it was, it was Donald Trump. Yeah. It was just Donald Trump. It was, it and, felt, this felt more like the master at, at his 
you know, doing his work, doing his masterpiece, you know, Beethoven conducting his fifth symphony. This wasn't like some, you know, just shit thrown at the wall. Like it just, he, like I said, he was just on point firing all cylinders and you can tell he knows he is like, just, he's just had the time of his life and he knows it. So quick question, quick question. Um, when he when he, uh, when Joe called the Proud Boys the Poor Boys, <laughs> was he joking or was he not? I think it was a fuck up. I thought so too. I think he was. I think it might have been a fuck up that he tried to play off as a joke yeah. kind of thing. I I I I don't know. Like what? Again, like he just he was just not. It was not good. It was just not good. Um, I think I think the the lack of the lack of uh interrupting that or like the threat of i felt like the threat of getting the mic cut off actually may have worked against biden Mm -hmm. like it might have actually worked in trump's favor i thought the Um, mic getting cut off would fuck this whole debate up but it actually didn't there were a few moments you could tell they were muting it and they were trying to talk and they couldn't but it, it that went over way better than I expected. Oh, I will yeah. admit, I did not expect it to be like this. I thought it was actually going to be a mess, but well, she did let. Okay, so so part of that negation was, uh, Kirsten Walker was letting letting both of them respond. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a like it was more the responses were more organized. So. It, yeah, it, I, I don't know. It's, it was just bad. It was just yeah. bad on Joe Biden. It is bad. And like I was saying, too, I wanted to bring up a thing I kind of mentioned very briefly is that with the polls, too, again, voter suppression polls are trying to discourage deplorables from coming out to vote for Trump. But I have heard that the internal polls look awesome. They look fabulous. They look great. Things yeah. can change. Look, we yeah. still have 12, almost 11 days left. Things can change, but the internal polls are looking hot. And those are the polls that are real, that are the closest thing to reality, to predicting what's going to happen. I, I, Like I said, I feel very good. I felt happier, more motivated, more optimistic ever this week than any other week this has been the best week on the campaign the most activity i've seen the most um uh energy the most joyfulness i've ever most joy i've seen on it and i personally have had the best numbers i'm not trying to say the brag but i'm just saying that like to show that the energy level is translating to objective numbers yesterday i had the highest numbers i've ever had for my team and our region's been doing better. I've noticed that across the state, like things are picking up and people are getting energized. They have the sense of urgency and that naturally happens, but it, I can, I'm just, it's so hard to describe. And I don't know if you're feeling or if anybody else is, but I'm feeling the shift again. We felt that with the Rushmore speech, like a shift of now this is Trump's game. And after all that negative news he's had related to the coronavirus, I'm feeling the shift big time since monday this is trump's game he's winning this shit 
I no doubt in my mind he's winning this shit. It looks good. It looks good for Trump. Yeah. It definitely does. I'll say that. I and I I just I can't I I don't trust polls. I just I just don't. I just don't. I can't. I there's no like I I'm and 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 I and I was talking about I was talking to somebody else about like the polls. It's like somebody else brought up the fucking polls. I'm like, look, look, polls are, and it's like, let me guess, polls are fake. What do you think? Like, no, I'm like, no. I was like, no, no, they're bullshit. Polls, look, look, any poll, any poll you take, it doesn't even have to be political, right? Any poll you take, the 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 genuine the genuineness of a poll is dependent on the at uh, the accuracy of the sample size right so of that particular poll so if pe- if people are not taking people are refusing to take the poll or if people are lying about what they're inputting in the poll then the genuineness of that poll is compromised it doesn't really matter like it doesn't really matter what else is put in so we've we've seen this we saw this the last election and we're seeing it in this election and i know me personally i won't participate i will actively not participate in these fucking polls so i know if i don't i know lots of other people won't either and you know so these polls are just naturally compromised and like, who the fuck is going to participate in a CNN poll? Like, I just don't like, obviously it's going to be majority liberal because liberals are the only fuckers that watch that shitty station. So I'm like, well, I mean, like, you know, and the only Republicans, the only Republicans are those fucking project Lincoln motherfuckers. I uh, hate those people. Yeah. Those are the only people that really are like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Republican. And, and I hate like, no. Trump. Yeah, you like no, you're you're a rhino. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, actually, I'm looking up uh, Kirsten Walker on Wikipedia. Surprisingly short Wikipedia page, but she is from Philly, my hometown, and she went to Harvard. But this is interesting. I hope this is still true. It doesn't mean anything in many ways, but I think it's still good. Walker is not registered with any political party. Obviously, she is left-leaning, but that is good, I would say. A good step. I think a lot of journalists should do is not be registered one way or the other because it's definitely going to bias you, but interesting. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I did see that Waka Flocka Flame. Waka Flocka uh, Flame. was what? another rapper. He's another rapper that said pres- that basically said President Trump is a better president than Obama. Yeah, what is this? Why are all these rappers jumping on the Trump train? I think I I just think here's here's another thing that I'm thinking too, right? I think uh, I think there's the there's the expectation, right? So with Obama, like if you're a black person, right? The expectation that the first african-american president would actually take care of african-americans is apparent like you would expect him to take care of african-americans when he didn't 
it was a it, it was a rather letdown, right? This is a rather letdown. I mean, you know, you have people that are still kind of loyal to him or whatever, but like, but there is like when you look at it from a sub substance perspective, uh, he didn't like he under he underperformed he underperformed for the African American community, and so like I think with with Trump, I don't think people really like like because of all the media fucking the negative media that people were looking at from him oh he's a racist which is bullshit but like oh this guy you know he hates he doesn't like black people whatever whatever and then all of a sudden the substance starts coming you know the you know the the historical black colleges the record low unemployment the opportunity zones um all, the, the long list the criminal the criminal justice prison reform like He's all of a sudden he's started when you look at the substance as a whole, he's really, he really has done more than any president in my lifetime. And so there's like, people are starting to see that now. It's like, wait, this guy's actually, he's actually done quite a bit. And then he rolled the, he rolled through this platinum plan and it's like, it, it, it looks really good. And so, like people, people get it. Like people are starting to get it. Like the lights coming on. Um, am I missing something here? No, that... you nailed it. I mean, it's honestly, it's, I, I think, I think, and I hope these rappers are turning to Trump just based on his accomplishments. I don't know if there's any ulterior motives or there's something else or an irrational reason or maybe they've always been pro-Trump and then they kind of just like acted like they weren't and now they're, they they think it's okay to come out about it because all these rappers talk about how they want to be Donald Trump in their rap songs. Like, it was always a meme or a uh, trope that Trump, Trump has always been the symbol of American success, the American dream. And that's why he was always used as a metaphor for that. And... I think, I hope, like I said, they're changing their tune because of his accomplishments, and I hope that translates nationally. Uh, and I want to talk about a funny story right after this, but maybe, oh, I want Alex to come on for this one because I know he'll have field day with it. But I will say I think we're going to see, again, record shifts for support among African Americans and Latinos. I think he's going to gain every group. I just look. I was saying that from the start. He's going to gain every he was going to gain every from every demographic he's going to gain. Yeah. He's going to gain voters from the only one he may not. And I know this might sound a little weird. It might be women he might not gain anything from. Oh, we know actually I scratched that. Never mind. No, I think he would gain from women. I think he's going to gain there too. I think he's going to gain there too. Yeah. And I've always kind of thought that, but I I want to. What I've always thought is that it's not going to be like, and this is where I think some people get a little stupid. Is like he'll gain. Let's let's say on election that he gains like, you know, five percent of African Americans. But well, you 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 thought he was going to have big gains with the African Americans, but Biden still had over ninety percent. You know, it's like that's not the point. The point is when you're a Republican. All you have to do 
Just move the needle one couple percentage points. You don't even have to get the double yeah. digits to have a landslide, to change the map. And that's what I've always thought was going to happen. And I, I think I'm going to say definitively I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Um, I I think that if he lose like if he loses in any demographic and i'm not sure it's much of a demographic but like i i i think he might get less of the independent vote i think he might get a little less of the independent vote hmm uh, well also apparently there are less part of independents that, this time well i i think part of that is because a lot the, a lot of the a lot of the vote has become more balkanized like meaning like they've registered they they've started to register as either republican or democrat like now i think there's a lot of independent vote that like made themselves independent and i think they've started to bulk balkanize on both sides so i'm not sure that that's more just independents not voting for trump as much as it is like they they're they're going to political party lines so i don't i don't i don't know if that's you know legitimate i think i think as long as he, I, like i i just think he's going to gain in every demographic like every other every demographic from a you know pigmentation standpoint and mm-hmm. like i um and i so i i think well what well what are they going to what are they going to do like what's biden going to have to do cuz he's obviously, he's going to have to do more than i felt like he's going to have to do more than hillary for that in 2016 like to beat Trump and I don't think he's really done more than Hillary Clinton did in 2016 as as bad as Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton was bad in 2016 I don't think he's done more than Hillary Clinton in 2016 Mm -hmm. I don't see it because I mean they're like oh well well all these other people are are campaigning for for Biden I'm like that we're getting by Obama did that for Hillary. He probably did that since like who's it, John yeah. Kerry? Like I remember I like, don't the fucking singers and shit. Like it's always. Do, am, am I getting this wrong? Do, do, am I getting this wrong? Are you seeing something different than I am, or like, like it? It doesn't feel like it. It just doesn't feel like. And the fact that he's and the fact that he's hanging out in his basement no, is just making this way worse. It's making it way worse like at least at least she was like at least hillary clinton was getting crowds i mean they're they're still not they still weren't anywhere close to the fucking trump rallies but like at least she was getting little uh she was getting a little some crowds she was getting some crowds and obama was getting some crowds but it's like now are fucking abysmal they're killing themselves like hey hey obama had a really good drive through the other day with about yeah, all 10 cars 10 cars 10 cars hey hey those cars had families in them so if you multiply it's like you know it's could be 40 people it still wouldn't be the first row of a trump rally <laughs> well here's the thing i'm kind of wondering if the reason like this is some conspiracy very stuff the reason that biden's hiding is because he knows if he gets coronavirus, the dnc will make sure that he does not survive 
so that they could have Kamala Harris take over. I don't think he survived. I don't think he survives anyway. Like you know, you know, if he gets coronavirus, he's fucking dead. Like that old, that old brittle fuck is gone. If he gets coronavirus, he's gone. Well, great grandfather. I think he had survived. Yeah, but if he was someone with money, like you know, that he could probably survive if. If he had the money, he probably could. But the thing is, this would be like a double win for the DNC because they'd get rid of Biden and then they could go and sit and blame Trump for it. So I think he realizes this and he doesn't want to die. So he's hiding in his basement. I mean, that's an interesting, that's an interesting conspiracy theory. Did you see Trump posted the full unedited 60 Minutes interview that he supposedly walked out on? I didn't see apparently that. apparently CBS is giving him shit or some sort of legal shit. Well, he, it looks like it was his own video I think that they took. Yeah, but but they needed I I think he needed apparently he needed CBS's permission or something mm. like that to oh, fuck them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, of course. I mean, all of us are like fuck CBS, but like I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Bad. It makes CBS look bad. It looks, it makes them look terrible. Well, you know, yeah. if they can go and pull out like Trump's like uh, like hot mic shit on Trump, like I know it's not, I don't think CBS did that, but if that can happen and Trump can't do anything about that, then I don't see why he can't pull out an, an edited tape that he isn't a copy of. Like, it was it illegal? I don't care. Maybe. Maybe they file it violates some sort of contract. Was it unethical? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. It won't go anywhere. I don't know. I... You know, I, I don't think it was especially if Trump wins. If Trump wins, so they try suing him. Oh, if I was Trump on my final term, oh man, they would regret that shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, good lord. I like see it. That's this is why I'm hoping so much, you know, and I really do think Trump won, but like, man, like fucking, if I was Trump on my last term, first day of my last term coming there, I'd see like CNN. I'd be like, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to find, find some regulations, <laughs> like a fucking department of uh, fake news. And we're going to go and investigate that. That's what I'm going to love is if he's depending on this congressional situation, there's going to come a point where he can just, I don't want to say go full dictator and do whatever the fuck he wants, but he can get real close to the point of where he can do things without worrying about his reelection chances. Obviously, some people say, well, a full you know, second term will be that way. Well, not necessarily because you got to keep your Congress intact. But, you know, in those last two years, though, it could just be wild wild and beautiful i want to talk about something i know you're probably gonna laugh about alex is cnn as we all know has a very diverse talent they are very very um let's just say they're full of their own shit and recently some foot or a news article broke that CNN's Jeffrey Tubin, who's also a uh, contributor, some with the New Yorker, um, he was on a Zoom call, and he claims he didn't realize his video was on. 
I know where this is going. <laughs> I, 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 well, I didn't watch his penis. I hope you didn't watch it. Because I read the headlines and they said he exposed himself. But I read a bit further. And he wasn't just exposing himself. He was masturbating. <laughs> he was masturbating. That's not like a... <laughs> On a fucking Zoom call. There you go. Right. What... What was he doing? Either he didn't get like he either just gave such a little shit about whatever he was on, so he was like, fuck that... it. And he just started jacking off. Or um yeah, maybe he went to show people his penis. Cause he was I mean, like it's like a big dick move, you know. It's like, like, oh yeah. hey, I want to go and see my cock. It's like something that Lyndon like probably, John you know, I mean it's like a Louis C.K. move. Well, no, like, he's probably like, got this huge ego. Like he's got this huge ego. He's like, yeah, you want this tubing dick. Here you go. I'll stick a tubing up your ass. Feast, Feast on it, ladies. Here <laughs> it is. Or man. I don't know where he's at. Oh, hey, he's probably he's open to anything. Yeah, you know, whatever. Holes are holes. Hey, it feels a Zoom. I want to know who was on that Zoom call. Like, how many people were on that fucking Zoom call and they're just sitting there, like, seeing that? Like, did anybody bring it up? Were they like, yo, mute yourself. <laughs> yo, mute your video. <laughs> I know. I've had a friend accidentally do that on Xbox Live before just start jacking off. But it wasn't video. Yeah, well, that's what makes this worse. It's so bad. And the funny thing is, CNN still hasn't booed him, to my knowledge. Only the New Yorker suspended him. I don't think CNN did anything. Oh, they probably love it. You know what? Well, like, see, they all probably do it. I, I, I hope to God Trump like used that to his advantage. Like he made a fucking tweet about that. <laughs> fucking oh. fake news CNN exposed, exposed masturbating on television or on a Zoom call when he's supposed to be doing do like doing their work. No, no, this no. The degenerates that talk bad about me. All he has to do is is tweet the video and say. CNN expose. <laughs> yeah, if I was Trump, I'd be all I'd be on that on that like flies on shit, you know. I'm gonna see if he made a tweet, but there was one from the New York Post opinion Twitter. It said limp excuses shouldn't save Jeffrey Tuman. <laughs> oh god, the puns are gonna be very liberal. Oh my god. Fake news yeah, stance with disgraced master bear Jeffrey Tubin after he exposed himself to professional colleagues. <laughs> Dude, he no, was on a work good. video call. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, see if I, like, you know, if you're me masturbating on a Zoom call, you can at least buy one of those, like, little fucking pieces of, like, they have those little things you can put over your webcam Dude, when just you're, take a piece you know. Of fucking tape. Yeah. Fucking tape. <laughs> I wonder how long he was doing that before someone spoke up. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I'm like, what they do? So they go, I, yo, I hope, your shit. I hope Stone has a video for that. I would love to go and see like how that played out. Oh, I'd love for somebody to leak that, like on live leaks or something like that. Oh my god, dude, that would be so bad <laughs> that like, the world would see his like probably tiny penis. Oh my god, I need to Google to see if Trump said anything. Jeff. Well, like, see, it it couldn't even be something cool like him being like a blow job on a Zoom <laughs> car, like him having sex. It's like him master, like that's, that's like an icon sort of thing. 
things. Just like it's like a fucking Eichenwald. Like I could see him doing that. Yeah, that's an Eichenwald thing, all right. Apparently, he was at like a, I think a, a strip club of Roger Stone. <laughs> Who? This, this, Stupid. This, 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 this. I saw I a headline. Let me find it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this guy obviously has a sex addiction. If he's going to strip clubs with like people kind of strip clubs that, like with famous people and then like masturbating on zoom call well, here here's the headlines this is from the sun it says quote zoom masturbator jeffrey tupin quote offered to pay for lover's abortion and went to swingers club with roger stone <laughs> oh roger stone man that guy's so i, I love fucking roger stone roger stone's a- awesome oh my god Let's see. New York Post. Yes, Jeffrey Tubin still has supporters, but no real legal grounds. <laughs> oh, God. Is he trying to sue someone now for, like, talking about his penis? I don't know. <sighs> Jeffrey Tubin suspended from New York or on leave from CNN. Okay, he's on leave, guys. Uh, O.J. Simpson reacts to allegations against People vs. O.J. Simpson all for Jeffrey Tupin. (laughs) Oh, God. Man, this should be so easy. How can anyone defend Jeffrey Tupin? What price should Tupin pay for alleged indecent Zoom exposure? (laughs) Jeffrey Tupin and the M-word. Let's be honest about what makes this scandal so scandalous. Oh, God. So now he's using the M-bomb, too. The M. M. Oh, I said the N-word or something. Yeah, I bet you could find that on, too. Jeez, this guy's like... They're really not hiring the best and the brightest at CNN. They're not sending their best. Let me see what, like... I want to know if there's... The Fabo is real? What? Let's see, Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, man, look at this guy. He went to Harvard, New Yorker, New Yorker. Mm, three. Oh, he's got kids. Oh my God, he's got three fucking kids. Could you imagine like reading a news article about your dad masturbating on a Zoom call at work? Well, he, and then like the other one with him in his like swing club and like they realize that his dad's a fucking sex. It's maniac. a good. Th- it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they probably they probably go to private schools. Otherwise, if they went to a public school. That that picture would probably be blown up, and there will be a whole bunch of pictures on their fucking lockers and shit. <laughs> oh man, dude, read this. This says on on Wikipedia. It says on October 19, twenty twenty, Tubin was suspended from the New York after he exposed himself and masturbated during an election scenario exercise <laughs> conducted via Zoom video call between New Yorker and WNYC radio staffers. CNN said Tubin has asked for some time off while he deals with a personal issue, which we've granted. Tubin, who contends the incident was unintentional, issued a statement, quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera, as if that makes it any better. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and co-workers. Amazing. This is what we're up against, guys. We can win. Just remember that. Oh, absolutely amazing other thing I was going to mention it's slipping my mind what was it something else that's happened this week AOC Twitch stream of Among Us drew half a million viewers 
I think that's a good move. More people should do that. Get in, get in with the gamers. She's a gamer girl now. Yeah, she's an e, she's a um she's officially an well, e girl. What's she gonna do next? Open up an OnlyFans? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> God, the, the fucking. I wonder if that would be the first politician with an OnlyFans. So I could I can see someone else fucking pulling that off too. But see, that'd be great. I remember I was talking to this with my girlfriend when we were talking about like when the Groyper stuff was happening and like our New York we were creating. I was like, you know. Like, one thing, like, I noticed about some of these people is they're so distant, like Charlie Kirk. Like, one thing he could do that would actually make him kind of cool is, like, what if he, like, played, like, Call of Duty with people and was, like, shooting the shit? Like, that'd be a cool idea. That's something I would want to do, you know? And, and look, say what you will about AOC, this is a smart move. Even though she, look, who she did it with, do not like, which is that Pokimane bitch. Yeah. Nah, I don't like Pokimane. But or whatever her name is, but like she played with Pokemon. Yeah. Oh God, that's funny. I know. First fucking leafy. Pokey and Toast. Um, she played with. Like I said, it's still look. It's a smart thing to do. It's like Among Us is a culturally relevant game right now. It's a fun thing to do. It's col. It's um relatable. Just like you know, politicians if they want to like. I get all this like bubble that they're in like this sort of stuff is like zoomer millennial stuff that connects with us younger folks but meanwhile you have Biden talking about malarkey yeah like I think Biden's probably the like quintessential boomer candidate yeah you know? he's the boomers the boomers like just everything about him like I don't think he has his own like like real like what's his real policies like it's all about like oh I want to go and and talk to people and you know put them on the round table and all this other stupid like boomer shit that no one cares about no one does like he's he's a politician of a bygone era and it's so it's so interesting because like obama like the contrast between him and obama you know and i, I don't like either of them but like at least you could say obama like he at least tried of, to be hip he wasn't like super, he wasn't a fucking boomer like or like I mean he might be physically like age wise a boomer but he didn't act like you know like he was one of the first politicians to go and use like Twitter and stuff yeah he was the then, first like, Trump, presidential candidate Trump like he's technically a boomer and he uses technology like fucking Twitter like that's the number one thing about Trump you can't say he doesn't use Twitter he doesn't use social media because he fucking does and that's why he won mm-hmm. I think of it like he has like memes like Biden doesn't understand that you know he wants to go and like talk to people and like I mean he, but he doesn't want to talk to you doesn't want to have his campaign actually reach out to people like he's he's running this like this was in like the 40s or 50s or 60s you know and it's the current year you yeah. know he's just a fuck like and I, and I saw what was it? I saw that like I was watching this like one youtube channel and he was like basically bitching in about biden it's like he has like no political ideology it was just like really weird youtube channel i kind of like the guy. Yes. he like hates centrists but he was just like talking about he like like biden's literally like the you know no fucking political ideology to him he just kind of says whatever is relevant or he thinks is cool yeah, yeah, and you see that in the debates. Like, he kind of looks around like, oh, all the other Democrats are raising their hands to 
Give illegal immigrants free health care? Yeah, I will too. That's what's cool right now. Right, kids? Uh, one thing, I, I remember the thing I was going to mention. I was talking to a volunteer today. This circles back to something we were talking about before. And we were talking about the outsiders versus insiders concept and these establishment people. And she goes, yeah, like I remember this painter I had, you know, I found out that he was offered to, you know, Oh no, she started off with like, you know, in, in this town she's in, Elizabeth Town, she's like, Yeah, like, dude, like the the the, the people in the tippy top control everything. The Masons control this town. Yep. And I was like, What? I started laughing, I was like, Wow, like tell me more. And she's like, Yeah, I knew this painter and he knew somebody, uh, I don't know if it was a client or somebody, that offered him to join the Masons. And he joined them. And when he did, he went from making 15, 20,000, whatever it was, type jobs to 60,000. She said that they have like a list of people that are Masons to trust and all that jazz that only Masons deal with and, you know, work with. It's a very interconnected community that just I don't want to call them a community they're fucking like cult it's a frat it's a frat frat. yeah that's what she called them too and she said like they literally like will they'll give you like deals or leads or people to work with it's like it's a status thing it's like I'm trying to find a good analogy for it but like a video game analogy almost but you know it it literally was like that where like if you're not in the in group here the click here you're not one of us well you're not going to get the top jobs you're not going to get the high paying jobs you're going to get the shit it's like the college republicans if you're not in their clique pretty much that's what i was thinking of too it's like some c i mentioned earlier the cr shit well i do know that there was some masonic involvement with at least one of them i mentioned that to her too but like my you might was my grandfather like he was talk i think he knew someone who was like went back when he was younger and stuff and like I think the masons were like high up in the union or something too it's like literally like in a lot of places you see them and i think there's probably more than just the masons they're probably not the only group that does that but they're probably the one of the largest ones in the united states mm-hmm. yeah chris wallace was on the uh, fox news coverage of the debate oh, i'm surprised he i'm surprised he was going to show his face at all holy shit <laughs> speaking of a poll that was shown on Fox, but was conducted by NewsNationNow.com. 74% said that Trump won the debate. Yep. Yeah, most of the most of the uh, most of the polls that I've seen on Twitter have him have Trump winning by a very uh, extensive margin. Yeah. Very, very. Like like a lot of them I saw were like seventy five to twenty five or something like that. It was just bad. Biden did so bad. It was it was just bad. It was just bad. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, and it's like, oh well, did 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 Trump do good or did Biden do bad? I'm like, both. <laughs> Biden did terrible and Trump did really well. Like. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty interesting how now these final ten days pretty much are gonna go. It's gonna be wild. 
Oh, Trump Joe said... Biden. Joe Biden kissed his wife through the mask. I saw that, dude. I saw that. That Fucking was a cringe. cringe. You're fired. You're well, fired. See, not only is that that completely like useless, it's actually dangerous. Probably unhealthy. Because yeah. like she's got all that other like bad shit on the back of it, like you know, it, it's it's not only defeating the purpose of a mask; it, it's uh, unhealthy significantly. Did you see her mask too? Was like this. It was matching her dress. It had the same flower pattern. Mm. I'm trying to look cute. Yeah, yeah, I found it. Yeah, look at this. Oh God, she tweets out, "Proud of you, Joe Hearts." Oh, oh Jesus! It's just so like, God, it's cringe. Their relationship is so weird. Like it. He feels like such a bitch, you know? She probably drags him everywhere, you know, tucks him in a, a, in bed at night, gives him cookies, and, like, pats him on the head. Like, it's so pathetic. Yeah, it's 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 probably just like a, I don't know. I don't even think it's legit. I think it's like a marriage of convenience or something. Like, like, like the Clintons. I don't think they love each mm. other. It's just convenience. So I don't weird. think it's as bad as the Clintons. I I just I don't know. Yeah, I, nothing tops the Clintons. Dude. Those people were throwing fucking furniture, you know, when Trump won. Apparently, Hillary got drunk. I don't know how true that is, but apparently she got drunk. She was so pissed. Could you imagine a drunk Hillary? God, I want to get out of that room. Probably like fucking try to like stab me. You're an evil Republican. I think it's going to be interesting looking tomorrow at what the fact checks are going to be because I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure Joe bullshitted most of that fucking debate. Oh, he bullshitted the bullshit all the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, here's the thing. I think like Joe Biden's a dumb person who probably took like a week and like for eight hours a day he was like practicing the debate. And that's like probably one of the reasons why, like for the first thirty seconds, he does good. But then it's soon, and then he probably also got fed the questions too. Mm. And oh. then, mm -hmm. like he probably insider leaked it to him, so at least some of them. But I think she went off script for a few of it. But I think you know Trump. He probably like looked at it like maybe he probably like an after action after the last one that was probably most of it, and kind of looked at a few basic stuff. Maybe did an hour or two of prep, and you can kind of see it. Like Biden just comes off as such a fucking like robot like alzheimer's person then like trump he's just this chad like stomping on his like old man ass mm -hmm. that's why i love that alpha energy i love it love it that's why that's that's why he what? won partially so governor cuomo oh god is on the stephen colbert like the late night with stephen colbert oh god i guess for the late show yeah Blech. What a piece of shit! Like, yo, your 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 state's a disaster. Uh, it's a fucking wreck. Deaths up the wazoo. Your economy's in the shitter. Fifth Avenue is a fucking dismal, and you're promoting a fucking book. Like, what the fuck? Well, he wrote yeah. a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. He wrote a book. <laughs> or should I say oh, yeah. his people wrote him a book even, with his name But they on even it. bragged about it. It was like number seven on fucking bestsellers or something. See, that's just fucked Bullshit. up. Bullshit. 
you're selling a book right now like dude they probably had him like right when he was getting like headlines during covid back in march they're probably like let's fire up a book let's get a book going and here it's ready that's just messed up also you know again like remember when the first debate happened proud boys trending on twitter now poor boys is trending Mm -hmm. (laughs) amazing isn't it amazing how the proud boys even like they just keep getting like dug up you'd think they'd become irrelevant or like people would forget about they just keep coming back you you fucked it up too like come on biden you know yet at least if you're gonna call like call make up some bullshit like at least get their names right like pulling out abraham lincoln's fucking name and now the poor boys like i i like that name they should change it to the fucking poor boys. they did on their parlor they've been Dana, they created Dana like Lash a graphic tweeted, with it in last tweeted is poor boys a sandwich which it is uh it's po boy and now i fucking want one mm. I, i'm I actually hungry mm-hmm. i went to this fucking mexican place man mm. that's oh, racist that Oh, man, like usually yeah. it's really good there, but like the dude he usually runs it, I think his name's like Don Jose or something. Like he wasn't there, so they had his like I guess it's his daughter, and she was on her phone the whole fucking time. Like, dude, that's mm, I don't like that. Oh, that reminded me of a story today. I'm gonna tell real quickly. I had to go pick up pizza for the office because it was right down the street, like walking distance, and I walk in to pick it up for our executive director. And so I was paying with his car, and he knows car, and he knows like came up like R and C, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the the owner there, the pizza place, like how are things looking? I see you're with the R and C." I got into a conversation with him, and he was telling me like that when he was, uh, in 2016. No, no, sorry. Well, I was well. He did watch the election there in 2016, but he'd been playing the news like in his shop. And he's got like six TVs set up. And he said that uh, one of these days, I forget when it was, but it was like recently, like within you know within the Trump presidency, he said that one guy was watching Fox on one TV and one guy was watching CNN on the other TV. And this lady comes in, and it was fine. There was no problem, but this like fucking lady comes in, and she goes... Is that, is that Fox on there? And he's like, yeah. She's like, well, I, I don't want to watch Fox. Okay. Well, what do you want to watch? I want to watch MSNBC. Okay. We can turn on the other TV if you want. No. I, I don't want to watch Fox. And he's like, well, so? She's like, well, you got to turn that off. He's like, no. And she goes, well, then I'm not eating here. And leaves. Like, Bitch. Like what the fuck? Like what a Karen. Like that's a fucking Karen move. <laughs> it's such a stupid Karen move too, because it's like he has like six TVs. He's like, yeah, you can watch MSNBC. We'll put on our TV. She's like, no, I don't want Fox on. And it's like, well, he he does. <laughs> I think she asked like, <coughs> she said, um, um, what's he watching or something? He goes, oh, it's Fox News. And she goes, well, um. Or, or, or no, I forget what she said also. But she said something like, 
like, uh, what's he, or um, I can't have that on. He goes, it's Fox News, and the store owner just goes like so, and she just like starts flipping out and then leaves. It's just like people are insane. Yeah, they uh. <laughs> I was just looking at uh I was just looking at the out outkicks coverage of the debate. Actually actually Clay Travis Trump. did a huh? He they interviewed Trump. Yeah. Um they actually did really good analysis of the first debate. It was really impressive. Um I first you know, sports reporters to make it like, I mean, I mean, it was, I was impressed. I was impressed. Anyway, uh, Clay Travis said, uh, Trump, Trump massacred him. Like he massacred the debate. Like, um, and, and of course like him, him and, and now I'm seeing a couple of other people. They're said they're the, they're, they're mentioning the, the look, seen around the world of joe like nine minutes to go joe biden is looking at his watch like yeah i saw that yeah yeah that's like the look that is the look that is the yeah that's the move right there that will probably go down in infamy right that'll be the it's like oh jesus it's over yet I, i i i gotta go to bed here this is this is no this is uh Past my bedtime. <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked. There's like, yeah, we gotta go. Chris Wall says he's quote jealous and wish he could moderate that debate. No, fuck you. Yeah, Chris. no, I'm not. I'm not jealous at all. I'm glad he didn't moderate that fucking debate. Yeah. In fact, he should probably never debate again, like ever, mm. ever. Just stay away from debates for the rest of your life. I wonder if Kristen Welker. You know, was fair this debate only so she would get praise for it and she can move up the echelons to contrast to the previous ones. Well, that's that's journalistic competition, but like I'm saying, look, you let an you let an NBC look. You're Chris Wallace, and you let you're the you're the son of a legend. Hmm. And you let an NBC reporter wipe the fucking floor with you. Yeah. Like, don't just don't even don't do the fucking debates ever again. Don't do it. Right. Cause you're too old. You're not going to change. You're not, you're not going to change. Right. Just, just no, don't ever do it again. Yeah. Remember how bad Savannah Guthrie was in that town hall. Did you see that? Yeah, It was bad. Dude, she was, was just up. Uh, bitch like constantly and well well this this that that and trump just like handled her i'm glad he did that too that to me prepped him for this yeah debate. well yeah i mean i th- i think uh i think he was always like, like i think trump was always ready but he kind of yeah you know he like in the first in the first debate he really was his own worst enemy like i, I mean I think he still did well in a debate, but like nowhere close to this. Like nowhere close to this debate. Like he I, just. I think the first debate, I, I, and I'll and I'll say this: I, I don't think he won that first debate. Yeah, I think he did okay. I I don't think he. 
I don't think it like, yeah, this is not, this is night and day. I mean, and I say that cause I don't, I just don't think, I, I don't think Biden did enough to really win it. Like, I don't, I, that, that's the perspective. And yes, that's the perspective that I'm coming from. I'm not saying that Trump like did better than Biden. I don't think Biden really did anything to sit, to really win it. Like, I I just like, I, it's just that neither did Trump really didn't, push over the top either for the first debate but he brought the game to, to the, tonight like he brought it and uh yeah 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 it's uh i think everybody's everybody's in good mood like they're talking to, like look if stephen colbert he's talking to fucking governor cuomo instead of the actual debate you know you know it did not go good like it should be an all night thing like you should be talking about this thing all fucking night like if, if if this was like, you should be doing like if you're on the late night talk shows and Joe Biden did well, you should be doing a fucking victory lap, right? And what happened? Ooh, you're talking about other shit. I don't know. Because because if if Biden spanked Trump, you would we would we would never hear the fucking end of it. It'd be it'd be on every news station. It'd be played over and over and over again to fucking nausea. I am surprised, though, that nobody's really, at least not yet, jumping on the comment Trump made when he was talking about these illegals that come over and they skip their trials, which overwhelming majority do, and he was talking about the ones that do show up to trial, and he said that they were low IQ. It's pretty funny. It was funny, but I'm surprised they haven't, like, taken that and spun it the wrong, like, to make him look racist and all this crap yet. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, like, to the, to the extent, like, to a certain extent, like, I can understand what he's saying. Like, if you know you're going to get deported, like, why would you show up to the fucking thing? Like, it it's a waste. Like, mm. I mean, you should, but, yeah. like, honestly, if you're just going to do catch and release, like, and you know you're here illegally and you know there's no way around it, like, what are you doing? Kristen Welker also started as an intern on the Today Show. Now she's a host on Today now she's monitoring a presidential debate. Talk, talk about working your way up the ladder. My God. I'd go nuts if I had to work for NBC that long. Well, you know, if it's, if it's something that she cared about and pays the bills. Oh, I pays the bills all right. Anybody that's on TV makes a shit ton of money. I don't know. I mean, who is that one guy who used to be in that Trump uh, club before it became the Trump club? Well, back when it was, but back before your time, the uh, one kid. The guy that won the Price is Right. Yeah, that guy. He he's a uh, New York uh, weatherman, I think, and he doesn't make all that much. Well, is he on like a small local station? Something like that. But That's here's the thing. Why. Too. Last I talked to him, like, because he worked over there, the Price is Right's trying to, like, not pay him. The what was that? Uh, Sorry. The Price is Right apparently still hasn't, like, paid him. Really? Money. Yeah, like, last I met this was back when I saw Facebook. But, Dude, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Like, they keep trying to find loopholes. Dude, that's bad. Yeah, what a fucking scum company. You notice, too, also... They're also saying Kristen Walker's the first um, black woman to moderate the debate. If you look at her heritage, she's half black and half Native American. But Trump 
compliment her. Trump complimented the first black debate moderator, but they're still going to call him racist. And they're all jumping on him for saying that he said he's well, the he least did. racist person in the room, even though she was no, there. He, he actually did. Yeah. And that was, so that was another thing that I thought Trump did it. Like he did, he tried to be, you know, he tried to be friendly, you know, he's like, he, and he tried to compliment mm. Kristen on her, you know, on her job. And she did. I mean, Hey, you give credit where credits do. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean, she did pretty well compared to, you know, Chris Wallace, but I mean, that's, well, that's not, not saying, saying much. much. That's not saying much. That's yeah. like, See, if this, to me, special Olympics type shit. Like saying, oh, well, you know, Hitler killed less people than Stalin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh, did you see uh, Biden invoked Hitler? I was that in the beginning, so I may have missed. That. No, that was near the end. He was like, "Well, we were because well, Trump was saying." Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. Biden was like, "Well, we were once friendly with Hitler." I'm like, I have yes, to bring up. Once. You have to bring up the Hitler references. So I, I have to ask, like, so, so. With with the Jill Biden picture, the one, the proud of you, Joe. Does it look like that they're walking away, like defeated? Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Yeah, their heads down. Heads down. It's like, oh, we know we lost. Well, you know, that's what they get. They keep shitting on Alex Jones, but you know, if he had some of that brain force plus, I'm sure he would have done a lot better. <laughs> he probably had some of it wore off. Probably got like the fucking knockoff one from like the left wing. Yeah, the like, Chinese like, knockoff. No, he's he's like and and the and the fucked up part is he had all week to prepare. It wasn't like he was campaigning or nothing. Oh, he, he, had he all tried to week to prepare, but like after the thirty seconds, you know, that's when the preparation yeah. goes out the box. That's all you got. That's all. All you guys, thirty seconds. It's like up. Oh, Abort mission, abort mission. Ship's <laughs> going down. Dude, he, you know, it's like, I mean, I was surprised how quickly Biden started falling apart, too. I expect him to fall apart like in the last bit, but he just did so quickly. You know, it was like, even in the beginning, he just, after maybe the first, like, 30 minutes, he was, like, fucking up left and right. Yeah, well... Yeah. You know, that's uh, it's a Biden, um, Biden experience. Like, the Biden I really experience. wish it was one of the fucking Joe Rogan experience. Man, that would have been some shit. That would have been lit. I, th- I think, I think for Saturday, I want, I want to watch. I actually want, I want to watch the, I want to watch a replay of it again, just to, just to make sure that I got like, mm. I get the complete context. Of what they were saying. I yeah. mean, I I got a good cut, but I I, I want to kind of try to see if I can debunk a lot of like debunk a lot of what he said, mm-hmm. like what Joe Biden said, because uh, yeah, I just uh, it's just not. I don't know. I because uh, what's up? We need to make some fucking memes out of this. Like the whole someone needs to do it with the fucking Abraham Lincoln shit. Oh, they'll get on it. The meme army, mm-hmm. the shit posters out there will get on it. Dude, like, think about that. Like, just like Joe Biden, he hates Abraham Lincoln. Yes. He hates he hates black people. He calls them super predators. Don't vote for Joe Biden, the most racist <laughs> <Yes>. man. 
most racist politician since uh, who was that? LBJ. Who's the one who was? Who's the one in the Klan? Oh, right. oh yeah. No, no, no. You can spin another way. Joe Biden calls a former Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard, uh, Robert Byrd, his mentor and friend. Joe Biden hates Abraham Lincoln. Joe Biden calls black people <laughs> super predators. Couldn't be more clear that Joe Biden is the most racist presidential candidate in American history. Joe Biden throws Hispanic kids in cages. <laughs> he did. Holy shit. Joe Biden. You uh, need to make that ad. You need to make that fucking ad. Joe Biden also said that poor kids were just as smart as white kids. And then also he called poor boys racist, implying that he doesn't like black people. But <laughs> he thinks black people are racist. Oh, oh my man. god. Like, you could have a just, field day. Don't need to do that. <sighs> man, I think it's funny too, like how you can kinda like I don't wanna say spin it, but frame it with Biden. Like you can make him look really fucking bad. You frame it right. Well, didn't he go and say like back with like the school uh, busing and stuff? He was like, it's gonna make it into like jungle school zones or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he, said, did. he said something like really fucking terrible. And like, yeah. here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not a fan of fucking busing, but like, you don't say it's gonna be like an interracial jungle, you know? <laughs> that, that's, and then come back and then call call Trump the racist. Like he said, yeah, he said, um, desegregation would create a racial jungle. <laughs> Oof. That's so bad. He's like talking about how he lives in Scranton. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're like Dwight Schrute, you know. I'm glad Trump brought that up too. That like Biden spent like a few months in Scranton and like left. Well, yeah. By that logic, I guess his son must be uh, Ukrainian. Yes. From all his and like Chinese too. Dude, his son. Oh my god. He reminds... I bet he's like. He's probably living as fucking son right now. <laughs> he I reminds me of a certain someone we know from Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, and I know who you're talking about. <laughs> like, can you just imagine like just imagine being like a fly on the wall in like the Biden family house, like when Hunter comes around, it's like, Oh you motherfucker, you cost me I feel like a couple months from now, like you cost me the fucking presidency because of your your fucking meth habits and your your fucking malarkey over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're, he's Holy probably Lord. like says like look at what you fucked up now you know he probably gives him that sort of attitude my god you just gotta do all so just go like make a commercial where like there's no content it's just like Biden saying ah uh, uh, like he's like fucking stuttering and shit and just uh -huh. play that for 30 seconds <laughs> do you want this man to run for president <laughs> like that'd be that'd be probably pretty fucking fucked up but man that'd be funny don jr tweeted out joe Biden called young african-american super predators he said he didn't want his kids going to schools in a racial jungle regarding school integration and he tried to cancel busing programs and he was buddies with every segregationist to ever walk the halls of congress <laughs> oh my god spicy I like how he said that wasn't true. He's like about the suit prior thing. He's like, that's not true. Well, yeah, well, what is the truth, Joe? 
Yeah, the only the only claim that he has to be not racist is because he has black friends. Like that, that's hilarious. I think, oh, I was friends with Obama. He's only <laughs> half black. Yeah, literally. Like I bet the DNC is like, why the fuck did we pick this dude? Dude, they're probably like, dude, they're probably they're scared. Well, like they had all those people who would have been much better. Like, they, you know, he couldn't. They, like at least those people they could go and call Trump racist and like I mean he's not racist but like he's not going to go and say well like just pull up You're a little racist. like huge amounts of racist shit that you know Biden's done like literally anybody else would not have the same level of shit mm-hmm. yeah I agree but that didn't happen Joe Brogan had Matthew McConaughey on hmm yeah, he used to have fucking Donald Trump. Like Trump needs to go on there, you know. Like at some point, just to go and like go on there. I agree. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that I think, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I like I like that debate. I wish that all the other debates were as like impartial as that one, or like at least. Like, so I think she, she honestly, I guess maybe just by not fucking up super, you know, the bar was set pretty low after, you know, Chris Wallace, but, you know, she, um, he did a good job. Well, that's what I think, like, she definitely had bias in there. There were questions that were biased. There were probably more interruptions of Trump than Biden, but she was far better than the past ones. Yeah, can you imagine if he, like, how it would have went if Trump had like a truly neutral or like even someone who is slightly right leaning. Oh my god. Like it would have like see that's the only re- that's that's the reason like Trump would have fucking just really I mean he already wiped the floor pretty well with this one but like holy shit. Like man. Yeah. Well I know Phil says he's gonna be right back but I'm gonna cut this cause I'm getting pretty tired. I don't know about you. I mean, I'll still shoot oh, this shit got... with you a little bit longer, but <laughs> I'm at fucking work, man. I'm, you know, you're working. Yep. That's good. Oh man, I'm working all the time too. Well, I'm not working all the time. I just work at midnight. <sighs> you so should. Then... You should. You know, my job actually, I really do. I'm really passionate about right now, but that's only because we're in the final stretch here. Yeah, man. Yeah, so then, yeah, once you're done that, have some, uh, maybe some fun, man. You have a story to go and tell your kids in the future. <laughs> you know, like that. Like, see, I, I fought for the Trump. I fought I'm for sure, Western like, civilization. Like, I, I would love, like, you know, in 50 years or whatever, to go and buy, like, a fucking school textbook to see what they have to go and say about, like, the Trump presidency. Because I imagine too. it's going to be such full of shit. Like, you know, just all the events since I was, like, a kid and, like, now, like, the coronavirus, I'm sure is going to be a chapter with, like, at least a fucking page. You know, there is going to be, you know, Trump, Obama. I bet the fucking Gamergate's probably brought up at least some of them. That'd be fun. Yeah. No, it was actually. It was brought up in one of my textbooks. Well, I meant like for regular like school kids. Oh yeah. Like a history book. 
like just all these like weird cultural things like there's probably a, a fucking page on furries in the early internet mm-hmm. you know god just all the weird shit that the early like fucking 4chan there's probably gonna be that like tr- internet trolls because they probably won't exist that far in the future because you know everything's gonna require real id yeah well i'm gonna cut this we can keep talking after but thank you guys for tuning in i don't think that many people tuned in this time but oh we had some viewership throughout it um yeah we had like a peak of four viewers it looks like but yeah, yeah we had some you know, viewers here and there pretty good for you know just regular non-major stream yeah have a good night guys we'll see you around wash your hands <laughs>